is up, people? We are back live again, Republic of Arsenal. Welcome back to what feels like an absolute eternity. It feels like we've been on holiday for weeks. It's I think it's been six days. I think it's six days since I last recorded. That's what this international break has done to me. In the middle of an international break, interlull, or as uh, my fellow Irishman on the panel here, Dave, will tell you, we like to call it absolute bloody torture. <laughs> two games, two defeats, Serbia 3-2, and Luxembourg, lads, Luxembourg. We've, we've, hit, we've hit a new low, we really have. So, look, I got to the point where I said... I can't do this anymore. I really can't. I need to. I need to try flush all of this international football out of my head. We need to get back talking about Arsenal, if, if even just for one night. Because let's be fair, Ireland are playing Qatar tomorrow, and I'm a glutton for punishment. I know I'm going to watch it. I know I'm going to be left disappointed, but for one night at least, let, let's just let's forget about the international football. Let's get back to basics. Let's let's talk Arsenal. So uh, yeah, look. Couple of things tonight. Uh, generally, the way this is structured is it's it's usually a match preview or a match review because it's been uh, an international break. We haven't had any Arsenal since the West Ham game. We've been there, we've done it, we spoke about it. So basically, tonight the way it's going to work is you'll notice I have a, a larger panel than I would normally have. So we're going to do kind of. Uh, more so a question-based kind of a podcast where I am going to throw the same questions out to each one of the panelists, get their feelings, get their thoughts. Uh, you'll, you'll get to know them better. I do have a couple of new faces, uh, as you will see. So uh, I will introduce everybody uh, in, in a couple of moments. First of all, I want to give a big shout out. If there's any Fight fans out there, especially I'm a big, massive Fight fan myself. So I just want to give a shout out here. For anyone who does not know, that is the UFC heavyweight champion, the baddest man on the planet, Francis Ngannou. And yes, he is a gooner. So look, that's something for us to scream and shout about. We've got the heavyweight champ in the world. For anyone who, who isn't the Fight fan, for anyone who doesn't know about Francis Ngannou, absolutely amazing story. Uh, guy started out in Cameroon, moved to France, was homeless, and look at him now on top of the world, baddest man on the planet, UFC heavyweight champion. I had to give a shout out because anyone who knows me knows I'm, I'm a massive, massive fight fan, and yeah, proud moment, heavyweight champ of the world. So uh, yeah, big up Francis and Ganu. So with that, I'm going to introduce the panel now. So uh, first of all. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna actually introduce the the two debutants we have on the show here tonight. So we got we got two brand new faces, a couple of returning. Uh, again, something for punishment. A couple of guys here. They they've come back again. So, but first of all, I'm, I'm gonna bring in Dan. So Dan, absolutely brilliant to have you. We've been uh, been chatting away for a little while now. So really, really happy to get you on the panel tonight. So uh, thanks a lot for being here. No problem, mate. It's a pleasure. It's good to be on. Um, the fact that people have come back on kind of gives me some confidence that it's not going to be uh, too much tension, shall we say. But we're all gooners, which is good. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, I, I don't know about that now. Um, I, I do have a couple of them. A couple of them owe me favours. I, I have uh, a lot of 
dodgy information on them, so they they have to return. Yeah, you know, so. couple penny, couple pennies <laughs> in the pocket. That's it, hundred percent. And another new face on the panel, we've got Gav Max. So Gav again, another uh, another fellow gooner. I've been talking to recently. So uh, another guy I was absolutely delighted to to get on the panel. So Gav, thanks again for joining us tonight. Yeah, no worries at all. Really appreciate having me. And it's just funny that you were talking about Francis and Garnu. And anyone who wants to know a little bit more about MMA and boxing, especially on the fight game, subscribe to my channel, um, Mad Sports Network, MAD Sports Network, because we do have a fort uh, fortnightly MMA show with Chris Collins and Justin Whittle, who are both uh, ex-fighters and current coaches as well. They know their stuff. So if you ever want to know anything about MMA, subscribe to that channel. And of course, Two Up Top Football, which is my baby as well. Yeah, brilliant. Hey, look, that's uh, that, that'll be definitely one for me to check out as well. As I said, massive, massive fight fans. So, uh, yeah, look, proud moment for me. Yeah, uh, seeing uh, an Arsenal fan, you know, get to get to the top of the world. So that was really cool. And yeah, as I said, a couple of returning faces. So first of all, Dozzy, you, you came back again. I managed to managed to twist you around and get you to come back. <laughs> so thanks, thanks as always. Uh, no worries, man. You didn't have to twist it too hard. It was a, been, a, been a pleasure being on the channel. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me back. I was hoping we were only going to talk about one bad result tonight, but it seems like we're going to be talking about a few. So uh, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, that, that's a hundred percent. But look, um, it, it is first and foremost an Arsenal channel, so generally uh, disappointment and bad results aren't aren't ever too far away. As optimistic as we do try to be on this panel, you know yourself. And uh, yeah, we've got the Gunner since '96. For the guys who doesn't know. For the guys who don't know, actually, I should reword that. Uh, Farhan is our resident therapist. So we like to bring Farhan on, not just because he's one of the coolest gooners out there, but also he is uh, an Arsenal therapist and he gives us uh, plenty of, of free therapy sessions. So uh, Farhan, as always, thanks so much for joining. Mate, thanks for having me on. Um you know you're the first person to give me that title right i, I don't I, i've got no i should i should mention now i've got no formal qualifications of being a therapist of any type uh disclosure disclaimer sorry um but if you want any references go to anthony souls <laughs> and they'll give you all the references that you need uh but yeah the, the whole story behind that is i've got a podcast called the arsenal therapy podcast and basically it's a show where i just sit down and talk to myself at the widow i am um, to try and make sense of the Arsenal <laughs> madness. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it's great to be back, finally talking about Arsenal after, you know, a, a week that's dragged. We've got three, four more days uh, of days to get rid of until, yeah, we finally get to talk about Arsenal-Liverpool, which, which should be a very, very interesting game. Yeah, you know what? I, I have a habit of a habit of doing that now. I've, um, for anyone who's watched previous shows, uh, Souls, who is normally here, I've given that guy probably about 12 nicknames at this stage and, and a few of them have stuck in fairness so uh you know i, I may i may give you all nicknames and apologies farhan if people are knocking on your door looking for, uh, no, for listen, mind, man. It, it, it looks good on the cv so i don't mind i don't mind giving it. <laughs> so while we're on the topic of therapy a man who would definitely could do with a bit of therapy uh, as i said fellow irish man we've got dave here uh dave I have to bring you on because, like I said, not only are you uh, one of the more knowledgeable gooners that I know out there, you're also an Irish man, and I felt it was my duty to to bring you on and 
try take it away from the the reality that is Irish international football and we'll try clear it out of your mind again maybe just for a night because uh, the Parables are probably going to be watching that game tomorrow but Dave yeah brilliant to have you again ah, thanks for having me on and look you, you drag me in with you don't don't lie you knew you weren't going to do this on your own and look lads as well just that um, if anyone knows a therapist can you send them on to Farhan because the last time he was waving at people randomly and now, <laughs> now he's talking to himself. I'm worried. So look, if anyone has a, ter- a therapist, uh, drop uh, Farhan a DM, and just so we can look after him. We'd never like to see a gunner on his own. <laughs> I, I had a great therapist for him, but I, I found out tonight that he's not actually a therapist. So sorry, <laughs> you're on your own with that. One. <laughs> oh, but lads, yeah, like I said, look, it, it's great to have each and every one of you. For uh, everyone that is watching, uh, thanks so much for, for tuning in. Join us. Don't forget to hit that like button. And as you can see, the ticker going down the screen, the bottom down below, you can see everybody's details there on Twitter. So, you know, do follow the guys. You will get to know them here tonight. And there's going to be going to be plenty of great content here. So, you know, do uh, do follow them on Twitter and, uh, and give them a shout. So, lads, look, we're, we're going to get into, as I said, Generally, it's a review or a preview. Um, we do have Liverpool coming up, but look, that's not till Saturday, the 3rd of April. There's still a couple of international games. As I said, unfortunately, Ireland are playing again tomorrow. So it's going to be heartbreaking again for, for myself and Dave, more than likely. But uh, yeah, there's plenty of time for injuries and, and whatever else ahead of that Liverpool game. So I don't think there was too much point in, in going into anything with that. So what I said was... What I said I'd do is I just kind of pick a, a couple of kind of generic questions. And as I said, I, I'm going to throw this, these questions out to everybody. So everybody is going to get a chance to answer them. So it's not going to be like, you know, the usual show where I might ask, say, Dalsy, for example, I'll ask you about the first 20 minutes of a game, which will follow on to asking someone else the next question. Everybody is going to get an opportunity to give their thoughts and say their piece. And as I said, pretty bog standard questions. So it's, it's not going to be anything too crazy so basically what i'm going to do is going to crack into the first one and dozzy I, I might as well just go you're you're the man right beside me so I, I will start with you and i do apologize for some of the guys that have returned there may be a few repeat questions because a couple of guys have been on the panel with me before but again look, this is going out to hopefully any potential new listeners and that that haven't heard anything so you know it's it's always good to give a refresher of a, of a few opinions and that so i want to bring it right back right right back to the beginning uh of the arteta the arteta era as we all saw emery sacked arteta takes over manages an eighth place finish we win an fa cup now a lot has been said about the fa cup and you know we, we will get into all of that um yeah in my opinion look first time coach that's a great achievement an absolutely great achievement you know a guy takes over for the first time wins the fa cup absolutely unbelievable coming into the new season global pandemic he gets promoted to full manager Raul Sanyehi leaves or sacked you know whichever way you want to look at it the club gets left over to Edu Arteta and Vinay Venkatesham you know we've got hindsight obviously on our side we can look at the league table we can analyze things now but before the season had kicked off Taking all of that into account, first thing I want to ask, realistically, 
what was your start of season expectation coming into this season? And I, I will ask afterwards, you know, people's feelings on Arteta, but just what were you expecting Arsenal realistically to, to be able to achieve this season? Um, I've said it before on a few other shows, and I think I tried to manage my own expectations, if I'm being honest, because I think the worst thing that happened, and don't get me wrong, obviously winning the FA Cup was was amazing. Um, but I actually think, and again, using hindsight, it was probably the worst thing that could have happened to Arteta because it it, it, it placed a whole other level of expectation onto him going into the new season. Um, so I think as much as we all enjoyed it, and listen, we, we fully deserve to win that FA Cup as well, beating City and then Chelsea in the final. We'd, there was no easy games going on to win it. So, um, But I think going into that and then obviously beating Liverpool in the, in the Community Shield as well, it just kind of it, it put so much more pressure on on Arteta than it needed to needed to, um, and actually going into the season, I'll try. I didn't I didn't really set myself any expectations really. Um, I just wanted to see better performances, better football. I wanted to see the younger players improving. Um, so really, I mean, in terms of a league finish or where we were going to get to with the Europa League. I, I, I never really set out any expectations, really. The, the squad of players that we've got, let's face it, are, are good enough to be there or thereabouts with the Europa League. So um, I, I expected us to be at least semi-finalists um, in the Europa League. So we're thankfully we're on course for that. Um, but in terms of a league finish, I knew it was going to be difficult because with everything else that, that when you look when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, like you said, with, with the pandemic, uh, the timings of the last season finishing, the lack of pre-season, um, I, I knew it was going to be a funny old season um, just because it's just it's just not normal. Um, the listen, going into the season, I've, there's there's been things that have pleased me um, and there's been things that have frustrated me. I think overall, I'm still very much behind Arteta. I think I've seen enough of him in certain games to think that if he's given a bit of time to get in his own players, um, I think he can really kind of then start to implement his own team. But I don't know about you boys, but I was fed up to the back tee for watching Arsenal and seeing us giving away 30 shots on goal against average teams. And you know what? And I think looking at that, I mean... We all know the, the crux of the problem as to why we're where we are this season. It's because of individual mistakes. It's not because Arteta has set us up tactically wrong in, in, in a lot of the games because he hasn't. Um, we've given so many goals away, cheap goals away that have just cost us so many points. So, and we're not, we're not going to cut those out between now and the end of the season. That's a, that's a, that's a player problem that we need to, we need to resolve. So, um, but we concede less shots on goal. We concede less goals. Um, I think we look we look more solid as a team. We're definitely harder to beat. We haven't been. We've not been smashed by any anybody really. When you look at some of the previous seasons, you look at six nil losses against Liverpool or, or or Chelsea or losing four or five against City. That that that's not happened this season. Um, and actually, against the top six, I think we've actually done pretty well we've got we've got some decent results so yeah my, my, my expectations at the start of the season were not low uh, they were more non-existent I kind of just went in there with a with a bit of a blank canvas and I just said 
right, this is going to be, come the end of the season, this is where I judge what Arteta has done because just with everything else that had come into play, I just, I had no idea what to expect. Because um, you look at some of the other teams that have been heavily inconsistent as well. It's not just Arsenal. Um, but I guess the frustrating thing is the amount of goals that we've we've given away and the, and the games that we've thrown away. So, yeah, my, my, my start of season expectations were, were, were not really there. I just wanted to see better performances being harder to beat, especially in the bigger games against Liverpool and City and Chelsea. So I've been impressed with the way that we've we've dealt with those bigger games, but frustrated about where we're at at the moment, as we all are, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, no, some uh, some great points there. Um, like I said, I think it was it's probably a good way of looking at it, you know, uh, kind of blank canvas and that. And, and as you said, maybe the FA Cup win was the worst thing in a sense uh, that could have happened in, in terms of expectation and that, because obviously people are expecting, okay, he's he's won a he's won a trophy. You know, he went on won the Community Shield then as well. And I think people were saying, here we're going to win the league. You know, there was some crazy stuff I can remember from the, the beginning of the season. What people yeah. were saying. I, I could see people saying, you know, Champions League in three seasons time, and, and I was thinking, oh, hang on, slow down, slow down a little bit, you know. But uh, then, what, what were you thinking coming in to the start of the season? What, what were your expectations? Um, I think Dorsey put it quite brilliantly, to be honest, about um, like the fact that we got such good results at the end of last season. It really gave us a bigger mountain to climb than what was necessary, um, because people. Obviously not us, but there was a lot of fans out there that saw that as um, a success. They saw that as the the start to what means to go on. You go and beat City 2-0. And to be honest, we completely dominated that game in the semi-final. And then we went and beat Chelsea, turned it around from 1-0 down. So I think people came into next season thinking, wow, that's how he was. That's how we're going to be to go on. But that was never going to be the case. I'm not saying we got that through luck because I think we we deserved the win and we deserved the FA Cup. But like you said, it was probably a, a bit of a sore wound because even though we were celebrating and we were happy, it gave fans a misled idea of what's to come. Um, we we had a lot of work to do before even obviously we're not going to go into that now. But before even Arteta came in, there was still so much to do that never that has not happened yet. We've yeah. had um, I mean we've brought players in which we'll go into, but I don't think we've seen enough of them yet. They haven't really had the game time to find their feet. Uh, It's just been a case of there wasn't any work there. Like beginning of the season before the summer signings came in, for me, it was all about what came into the team. Um, If we're talking after, I was a bit more confident. But say we hadn't made the signings that we did at the beginning of the season, I would have expected same as last season, maybe. Without the FA Cup, I don't think we'd have done that again. Um, I think Arteta's done a good job. I think like um, what Dorsey touched on about the good results, we've had some good results this season. You've seen team, we saw Aston Villa beat Liverpool 7-2. Arsenal haven't had anything like that this season. And even with Liverpool's injuries, we've still got the same sort of squad as them, really. Uh, David Luiz playing centre-half. I know me and Farhan mentioned him him in his um, podcast lot most fans wanted him out last year he's been one of our best defenders this year he's really stood out i was one of them to be honest i was one of the people that was saying oh you know what are we doing with this chelsea clown because he was known for mistakes but this season he's sort of delivered the players that haven't usually been relied on have come up and 
done a job for us. Um, obviously, the whole Aubameyang situation happened. We all got a little bit maybe too hot for our own heads, thinking that that was a good idea for the club and that was what we needed. We thought it was going to be the season success. And in the end, it's been the one player that we haven't really been able to count on as much, whether that's because he's not playing or he's playing and not performed. So realistically, my ex- expectations were probably about where we're at to now. I was, I always knew we were going to be successful in Europa. I just think for some reason we always seem to land um, and we haven't really had it easy. Like with the Olympiacos, it could have really gone tits up uh, it like massively. I think the fact that we sort of turned it around the game before as well. So uh, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with how it's been at the moment, to be honest, considering the events and like what we said, how it's a complete different climate. We don't know what's been going on in the last year. We don't know where people's heads are at. Mental health is could be a massive issue. Um, Aubameyang that I just touched off on, we saw he had missed games. No one knew what was going on. You know, you don't you don't know what it is. But considering what's gone on, we've done quite well, way above what I was expecting. And I know that probably sounds cruel, but it's worked out quite well considering the events. And you look at other teams around us, we're not really doing much worse than anyone that is in our sort of league at the moment. Um Players like Saka and Smith Rowe, we never thought we were going to be relying on in the beginning of the season. So it's, it's worked out. I'm quite happy for him as well. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, like like you said, it's it's definitely it was always going to be a season like no other. And look, I know I know everybody is going through it. You know, the global pandemic and you know everything that that entails with you know the mental health issues and. That's the first time any of us have experienced it. First time any clubs have experienced this. But yeah, like I said, uh, I think I looked at the bigger picture and sort of said, okay, we're experiencing it like everyone else. But this is our this is our manager's first time in charge, mm-hmm. you know. So I know none of the managers had any prior experience of dealing with this, but at least they had some experience of, you know, dealing with, um, I guess, how would you say, like, like problems and yeah, and problem solving and that, and, and you know, he, he's kind of finding out as he goes. But but I want to bring uh, I want to bring Gavin next. Uh, I want to get one of the one of the new faces in, in next. And and again, lads, look with these questions. Obviously, there's going to be a bit of repetition, uh, which is understandable. But like, don't be afraid to you know if you share the same views, it's perfectly fine to say that you don't have to think of saying different things because as I said. I'm just throwing this, the same questions out to everybody and I just want your personal views and opinions. So like I said, you, you, if, if you all feel the same, feel free to say the same thing. It's, it's all good. So yeah, Gav, again, uh, your uh, your expectations coming into the season. <clears throat> Anthony, I, I don't share the opinions of, uh, of Dorsey and the boys up there, if I'm honest. Um, Arsenal led me into a false sense of security massively solve a massive false sense of security i'm not trying to say that oh we're back in this whatever but um on the two up top show what we did at the beginning of the season we used to have we, have, we used to have a section called um five midfield we give like top five lists and at the beginning of the season we said that we were going to do our top five of who we think who's going to finish where in the premier league and everyone laughed at me because i said liverpool were going to finish fourth and Arsenal were going to finish third with the top two being Manchester City and Manchester United. But I wasn't sure which which ones were going to finish where because I felt that Man United were a sleeping giant and ready to come back. They started off doing well this season, but then they've tailed off. But they're pretty much guaranteed to come second. Liverpool, don't think they'll finish fourth. But Arsenal have disappointed me on a different level this year. And 
it winds me up because I look at the I look at the way we played football at the end of last season, especially when Arteta first came in. I know he's trying to he's trying to get something going. Personally, he wasn't uh, he wasn't a choice for me. I didn't want him at the club, and if we did was to come at the club, I wanted him to be the direct replacement of of Arsene Wenger and then have a two three year bedding in period. Arsenal are. Of a shit show at the moment. Let's be real. I'm trying to I'm trying to put it as nicely as possible, but they are. There's so much crap going on at the club at the moment. Having a rookie manager there is not the answer. So I, oh. I, I honestly think I honestly think it's the wrong. Well, that's that's my opinion, isn't it? That's how I, that's yeah. how I feel no, about I, it. It's, when when, it, when it comes around to when when it comes around when it comes around to steadying ships when things aren't going right, you need to have a level head come in and do the job. If the fans were there right now, Arteta would not be there. I could categorically <laughs> tell you that right now because of the, everything that's happened this season, the fans would not give him an opportunity. They'll be booing like hell and doing whatever at the club. I know they will because I know how fickle some Arsenal fans can be. I yeah, really do. That so, I agree with. <laughs> with, with that in mi- yeah. So, so with that, with that in mind, um, I, I can't remember who said it about, um, you know, about the pandemic and this, that and the other, you know, every single club's going through it. So I, I, I personally don't feel that as an excuse. What I um, would say, if anything, the, um, the um, pandemic has been a benefit to Arteta. I honestly believe that. I look at the beginning of the season and I knew straight away that we weren't going to come third anymore. I knew, I knew it was going to be the case. And Is that Arteta's it, problem now? Uh, within reason, yeah. I think tactically he's got a, a quite a few things wrong. I honestly do believe that. Um, um, one of you guys mentioned about individual errors, um, so that's not really Arteta's fault. Mm. It, it's, it's, part of, it's part of the issue because yeah. he's asking these players to do certain things, but they can't do it. They're not good enough to do these certain things. So you have to play within your strengths. And if you've got players that aren't comfortable with playing the ball out, you can't play the ball out from the back. It doesn't work. So therefore... That is Arteta's fault. You can blame Shaka and, and Leno for that for the goal against uh, Burnley, for argument's sake. But end of the day, the managers asked the players to play it, play it out from the back. Neither of them are comfortable enough to do that. So I do blame Arteta to a degree. Yes, he gets some things right. We look at the West Ham game. Um, he's like you know, as soon as uh, as soon as it got to um, twenty eight minutes. Arsenal looked like Arsenal of old and it was beautiful to watch. We were attacking, we were on the front foot, we were going at them, doing whatever. Yeah, we could have even shipped one or two more, but we're already 3-0 down. So why did it take for us to be a goal down, two goals down, three goals down in that situation for Arsenal to start playing? So my expectations are absolutely skewed. They're all over the place because... I don't. I don't even think the players know what they're expecting when they turn up on the day. So how can I, as a fan, then turn around and say this is what I expect from Arsenal Football Club? I don't understand it. it really, it literally fries my brain. Um, Saka and um, Smith Rowe buzzing off these two lads. Smith Rowe is well documented on my Facebook. Um, the pre-season of the 2018-2019 season when he made his debut and he scored that absolute worldie against Atletico Madrid. I was so gassed, honestly. I thought it was the I thought this was the the, the second coming of, of Christ. I thought it was like I, I thought we were moving forwards. I thought it was going to be the one. He goes out on loan to Germany, massive, massive Bundesliga fan. Um, I'll do a Bundesliga show on Two Top Anime Day Sports. Make sure you check it out on a Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Um, like when he went out, when he went out to the Bundesliga, I thought this is the perfect place for you to learn your trade and you to apply your action and move forwards. 
he got injured. It's a shame. He comes back. He goes online to Huddersfield. I thought it was over. Because if we, we line a player to, a, to, a, to a, a team in the championship or a league one, you know it's done. It's over. But he's come back and he's proved himself. And seeing the kids go out there and just think, do you know what? Screw it. Let's just play with no pressure. It's a beautiful... It's, 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 it's an absolute joy to watch. So... It now makes me think. Right, next season. Well, this season we should have we should have gone all out. We had Southampton twice in two games. We should have gone all out in the FA Cup game. I really do believe that it was the only opportunity, genuine decent opportunity of one getting into Europe. Oh, considering how the season started, and two um, for um, a winning trophy. Because at the end of the day, you judge on how many trophies you win. And I, I. I I was so gassed when that FA, when we won the FA Cup last year. I was out in my, out on the street um, by myself, obviously because lockdown. But I was there in my bruised banana, shouting down my down my little close, and I couldn't give a shit what anyone else said because I was buzzing that Arsenal Football Club had just won a trophy. So needed to go out there and do the FA Cup. We're not going to win the Europa League. I know we're not, um, and that's not me being pessimistic. No, I'm an honest, I'm an honest, genuine fan. Like, no, I, I like this. I, 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 this, I, this I is what I like watching. So, well, I'm, I expect, I well, I, I expect Arsenal to win every single game that they play. I honestly believe that. I, I, I'll come in, I'll sit down. My missus, she's an Arsenal fan as well, and she'll be. She's now the one telling me, "Go, oh, I think Arsenal might win." And I'm like, "No, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this <laughs> because this because this is what has been like fed into me now." Um, I know, I know I'm hogging a lot of time, but I just want to say one thing quickly about Arsenal. Cause I don't know if you can ask this question. Um, so I'm, I just want to say this quickly. I'm really pissed off with Arsenal. And the reason why is because when we, when, when, when we, when we play football, if you look at every single team in the Premier League, and even if you look down as low down as leagues that I used to referee in, 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 in my local area, Players will play on their on their toes and on their feet. They want the ball. They want to go for it. Arsenal always play on their heels, and it grates my soul. If you want the ball, show for it. Come for it. Go to the ball. You know why? Why? Because if you if you wait on your heels, then you've got to use an extra action to move towards the ball. By then, the opposition, bam! I'll have that off your toes, and off they go. Bosh, score. So we talk about individual errors. That's a team thing, and that's something that needs to be installed in training. And they need to get on their toes and start going for it a little bit more. You might not win the ball. You might not. You know, you might not be able to get to that pass, but at least you're showing for it, and you're you're showing some readiness to get there. And with that, if they could do that. With this, even with this current um, crop that we have right now, I honestly believe that next season Arsenal can progress forwards. But until they sort out these little things, then we're going to be a mid-table club for the next two, three years. Yeah, uh, love that. Love the energy. Love the energy. Um, but yeah, no. That's, Sorry, I'll get, really, I'll get really out when it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, no. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, now, look, it, it, it's great. It, it makes it so much more interesting, you know, when, when we have different views and opinions and look I, I know we've I've set out um sort of like like I said bog standard list of questions but lads as I said look if there's any anything you want to challenge or debate you know feel free like that then you know I know there's a couple of points you you, you weren't fully happy with so look we'll uh, we, we get through as we're going into the questions it doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't mean it doesn't mean I have an issue with what you boys are saying you know like, oh, no, that's, of course, that's, of course, that's, yeah, point. Yeah, that's all about opinions isn't it and that's yeah, your opinion yeah, exactly, that's my exactly. opinion what yeah, I yeah. my eye test is 
not going to be the same as someone else's. If anything, yeah. it's up to me to convince you that my eye test is right and for you to convince me that your eye test is right because we are all Arsenal and we all love our club. So we all want the best yeah. for our club at the end of the day. Yeah. But we will ser- we will see certain things that we're not happy with or that we are happy with. And we, we end up having a chat about it, isn't it? And, yeah. and we're not in the booze yeah. at the moment for another couple of weeks. Well, I don't you, boys. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, yeah. What I will, oh, yeah just quickly, Anthony, sorry. What I will add is me going into the season with no expectations was not... That was because I just didn't know what to expect. I had no yeah. idea. Obviously, obviously, I wanted us to push for Europe. Obviously, I, I, I certainly didn't expect us to be ninth in the table come March. I certainly yeah, didn't yeah. expect that. Um, but me going into there was, was really just for my own mental health, just trying to set myself up to not be disappointed if I'm being completely honest. So Yeah, um, so that, you're in a great agreed. mental state and I'm I'm in a am yeah. I'm in a shit show at the moment because I expected us to come third. So I'm not like yeah. every game open around my house yeah. like you know and you're like I'm all right because I didn't expect us to do anything. <laughs> I just I, I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. I I was I could have said we most likely finished second or we could finish tenth and it was going to be anywhere in between that and I just I just had no idea with everything else that was was coming into play. I just and and listen, I was buzzing off the FA Cup as well because that was just one of the best finals we've we've all witnessed us win multiple mm. FA Cups. And actually, I probably enjoyed that one more than I've enjoyed uh, a few of the others. So um, yeah, I think it was just for more, more for my own to mental health. Not saying yeah, we'll, we'll get top four because I just I just didn't know what was going to happen. I had no idea. <laughs> I yeah, think the fans' I comment was was good as well. The fact that if yeah. the camp, the fans were there, definitely, because I saw fans saying, "Oh, Arteta's done this at Man City, so he's going to deliver at Arsenal." I mean, stuff like that is absolutely ludicrous. Uh, yeah, exactly. For one, for one, you cannot compare the players. Sterling, one of the best English players in the world, De Bruyne, we all know what he's capable of, and Arteta's here to work on a full team, not just an attacking force, a full eleven who have barely even played together themselves. Saka and Smith-Rowe weren't even in the first team last year. Now they're getting more games than most. The majority of that team is new. So, mm. you know, it's, it's a, I'm, I'm quite glad, like um, Gav said, I'm quite glad the fans are not there because I think it would be hell on at Highbury. It wouldn't just mm. be Xhaka telling fans to fuck off. It'll probably <laughs> it'll be um, quite a few, everybody, quite a lot. Every, everyone, everyone will be everyone will be kicking off. Everyone will be yeah, kicking yeah. off, and there'll be like vigils outside the ground with like Ertzel t-shirts and that sort of stuff. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, because that's, that's that's what that's what you get with the Arsenal sometimes. It reminds me of it reminds me of when I go down and watch the Arsenal, and I'm singing my and screaming and shouting, and people are sat next to me going, "What's he doing?" I'm like, "That's my club, man." That's my club. Oh, that's that's my team. I'm I'm gassed about my team. Do you know what I mean when we score, going mad, jumping, jumping up in the air? People are like, oh, 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 what are you on about? Oh, it's good. Piss off, man. Do you know what I mean? Show some passion, but don't start. Don't show passion when we're doing well and when we're winning as well. Don't be showing me passion when we drew two each with with, with Crystal Palace. You want to f and Jeff at someone else? You know, I don't want to see that. I want I want I want you know support us when we win and and support us when we're not doing so well. Do you know what yeah, I mean? So absolutely. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. I, I want to bring uh, I want to bring Farhan in next, and, and then we got Dave. And uh, yeah, lads, look, I'm going to throw the same question at, at both of you about your expectations. But like that, um, as I said, I, I wasn't really fully sure what to expect coming into this. Like I said, I, I just drafted up a list of questions, but it, this is good because there there's a bit of debate being sparked here as well. So look, if there's any 
go off any of the points you know Dawsey, Dan or uh, or Gav made if there's anything you know you you agree with disagree with uh, yeah go, go for it so uh, yeah Farhan your thoughts uh, okay uh, look, there's been some really good uh, discussion and uh, some really good um thoughts and ideas and the way that we interpret the way that the season has gone ultimately there are uh, there are many factors at play that weren't considered that are being considered now at the beginning of the season I thoroughly expected Arsenal to finish top four and I thoroughly expected them to um, challenge for maybe the FA Cup or the League Cup again certainly the Europa League um, because it looked like the summer transfer window was a successful one to some extent we know we, we got a, a solid centre-back in Gabriel. We expected Saliba to partner with him. Uh, we knew that Kirantini was going to come good on the left-hand side. We signed Thomas Partey, albeit we didn't get Awa. Um, but we knew that 75% of the work was being done, had been done um, in the summer. You know, you had Aubameyang up there. You had Lacazette, you had Pepe. Um, so on paper, it looked good. And when we started against Fulham, it certainly started very well team performed really well we you know brushed aside Fulham um, and it looked like Arteta had finally started to get the um, the parts moving in motion because if you if you think back to the FA Cup and if you think back to the latter, the latter stages of last season he wasn't confident with the uh, style of football that he wanted to play at Arsenal he said it himself these boys are not ready to play the type of football that I want to implement um, an example of it is five at the back we stopped playing five at the back against Fulham, implemented four. And finally, you could see that, you know, they, they had been working on a few things in the summer and it was starting to play. But there's a couple of things that we didn't consider. We didn't consider the lack of preseason training and we didn't consider COVID. Um, now, Gav, I want to challenge you on this COVID question, on this COVID, on mm. the, on this COVID issue, because I know um, the, the counter argument of it is, well, everyone has had COVID. But mm. not there. Because to say everyone has had COVID is to is to interpret or to misinterpret the um, the impact that COVID has had on each club. Um, by saying that COVID has affected everyone, to me, it seems as if fans are interpreting that each club has, has been impacted the exact same way and they are reacting to COVID the same way as everyone else. I think I think it's things. I think we need to we need to really um, knuckle this down to human uh, uh, approach and this is going to sound you know uh, uh, away from football um it's going to sound a little bit philosophical but look you know hear me out well you're a therapist so it's okay so no no but... <laughs> <laughs> my guy <laughs> the point i'm trying to make is that um everyone everyone deals with different such situations differently so of course yeah the way that arsenal were dealing with covid is completely different to the dealing with covid for some teams it may be the case that they will perform better under pressure um, whereas other teams might perform better when there's no pressure and i think we're seeing that i genuinely do think we're seeing that and i think liverpool are the perfect example of what it is that covid is doing to football clubs i genuinely don't believe that liverpool in any season with fans that stayed at anfield would lose six consecutive games at home I don't think that's possible. Liverpool's issue isn't injuries as such. It's not the Van Dijk situation. It's the fact that Henderson isn't playing in the middle of the park. And every time Henderson isn't playing, it's always worth wandering down to the bookies or online because we can't go to a bookies at the moment and not until the 12th of April. Um, 
and put some money on Liverpool losing that game or double chance on the opposition. Honestly, that's this is this is this has been free money that I've made over the last um two, three years. Anytime Henderson isn't playing, that's when to that's when that's when to make some money on Liverpool. Trust me, go back and have a look at the record books of Henderson missing from the middle of the park. So for me, the reason why Liverpool aren't really doing much at the moment is because of is because of him. Because we everyone's everyone's even taking the mick out of uh, out of Mo Salah at the moment. Oh, just you know, it's not it's not the right Mo Salah. It's not really doing well. But man's top goal scorer in the Premier League. How can you turn around and say he's having a bad season and this sort of, all this sort of stuff? Man's got seventeen goals in the Premier League alone. Do you know what I mean? So you know, like. Liverpool, there is something going on behind the scenes, and you could argue that as once again, like that Jurgen Klopp, he's got issues at the moment. You know, he's lost his mum, he's had COVID. You know, um, the injuries as well. You know, so the morale is is, is dipped. I look at Arsenal's pre-season. We have four weeks. Every club had four weeks. In fact, Liverpool, um, Man, Man City. And um, and Man United actually had five weeks technically because their first game of the season. Oh, and Burnley and Villa because they were meant to be playing against those clubs as well. So they had actually a longer break. And you could argue that the preseason it didn't work so well for them because how jittery were Man City, Man United at the opening game of the season. The first the, the first like, opening game of the season was against Crystal Palace. They lost three one at home. That's embarrassing. This is Manchester United. You should be doing a lot better than this. And Man City had a, had a bad start. And it weren't until after the Spurs game. Sorry. Said a horrible word. Um, it weren't until after that game. When I just cut what you meant. Um, <laughs> here all week, here all week. Um, it weren't until after that game. They went on this mad run of 20, um, they won 29 games out of, uh, uh, 28 out of 29 games on the spin after that game. So it took a while for them to get going. Arsenal came out of the blocks. Arsenal came out of the blocks. That that Fulham game. Sorry, this is your moment for Farhan. But uh, we had to no, no, no. I, um, I appreciate. I appreciate you making um, the. Kind he of did challenge you. To be yeah. fair, he did, did. To be fair, I don't think it's ready. Ready. Ready for some, some like Warhammer to turn up. Um, but um, no, um, like the, the the Fulham game, we we were brilliant that Fulham game, uh, but it's Fulham. I'm not expecting, you know. And then the West Ham game. We were, we were we were trash. We were trash. Oh, it was right. it was right. it was the hardest hardest thing to watch. I don't know how we blagged how we blagged the victory out of that game, and then we play Liverpool. But I said in those first seven games, if we come away with twelve points from those first seven games, I'll be well happy. That's also documented over all over the place. And I then um, looked at that Sheffield United game, and that's when I thought we were turning the corner because we were play open that game with three at the back. And then we made the substitution at half to, um, on 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 the hour mark, and we then looked beautiful. It was almost like like Bellerin was was finding himself so far forward. He was, he was technically part of a midfield three when we were going forward. We had Pepe on one side, Saka on the other side, and then through the middle was a Bamiyang. And we it was the most fluid I've seen Arsenal since since Wenger, and like the the good days of Wenger, you know, pre two thousand and eight. And I was like, this is joyous. And then we end up falling back again. So I don't I, like who who can who can we you know who who do we look at? Who do we blame? Who do we who do we point the finger at? Because the, the finger needs to be pointed at someone and we can't point it at COVID. Mm. Okay, fine. If you don't if you don't wanna I mean uh, the COVID situation of many different factors in play, because I mean if you're asking me who do I blame? The individuals that I blame 
at this football club are the board members because throughout the last 10 years, the restructuring of this club has been so extreme. We've seen three or four different business models that, models at this club. Starting with the Arsene mm. Wenger era where Arsene Wenger took over. They gave him all the power. It was a manager-run club. It then led to Wenger leaving, Miss Lintak coming in, Raul Senyehi coming in, um, uh, Vin given power as well. Um, the 100% taken uh, percent ownership being taken over over by the Cronkies and the Cronkies have a history um, letting the club run at its own uh, at its own pace and not dipping any investment in there. They're clearly too interested um, over over with the NFL. They've spent five Whoa. billion pounds on a new stadium. Oh, oh um, sorry, I'll get really I'll get really shirty when it comes to NFL chat because. You know, like buying buying a state, and when you when, like, I don't know how many of you guys bought a house, but like, if you buy a house, you don't put five billion up there like that. Like my house is not five billion; it's four point eight billion. But like, when you don't put it, you, you don't put it up straight away. It's a mortgage. It's a, it's over time. And in terms of money spent with an NFL team, they have salary cap. Every single team has salary cap. Even my yeah. boys, Kansas City Chiefs, um, have a salary cap. Do you know what I mean? That's when when we won the Super Bowl last year that's fine but, um, that's fine but the point i'm trying to make so, like, you, here can't, is that, you can't say that they spent money on that bit no no but the point that i'm trying to make here is stan Kroenke and ksc dipped own investment into the nfl and haven't put a single dime at arsenal because of the simple fact that they do not believe in running a football club here in england like the way they do in the nfl when th- when Kroenke decided to buy the 30 percent share from usmanov it took a very long time and the fans were going into meltdown because Kroenke came outright and said it himself. He wants to run a football club the way he believes it should be run, which is the club finances itself. Usmanov, on the other hand, wanted to run it the way that Abramovich has been running it, which is mm. dipping into his own pocket and seeing the fruitions come about in the future. I think every Arsenal fan wanted Usmanov when he took to over 100%. Anyone Arsenal fan that yeah, says they don't yeah. want Uzma no, Uz our club is a liar or doesn't know anything about mm. our club. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> so, but, the, but the issue is here, the moment he took over 100%, there should have been a transition plan that just stabilise. And he didn't. And what he did was palm responsibilities off to individuals that he felt could do the best job. So mm. For Raul Sanyehi, who we know is a fraud, a massive fraud. Um, now Vinay's in charge. He's he the, the the direction the club is going in is a youthful one because he's given these responsibilities to Edu and Arteta. The biggest mistake the club could have done was to um promote Arteta from head coach to manager. They did that because guess what? The Cronkies don't like being here. Josh does not like being here. Josh has an NBA team to look after and a key team to look after. He cannot afford to be here. So that's why they need to palm off responsibilities to in to other individuals. Now the question is, had they had been here for the transition, could the club have seen uh could the club have gone in a different direction rather youthful one, which I don't personally believe is the right one, because as good as Arteta mm. is, and look, I'm his biggest fan and his biggest supporter because I think Arteta promotes a beautiful football where um it's 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 very Guardiola esque um, but at the same time it's respecting the philosophy that left behind. Um, but ultimately we needed a bit more stability and a, and someone with a level head, just like you said, to come in and level the ship. But it starts at the top. Now, if Kroenke isn't going to be here to oversee mm. that, then we're going to be left with a massive mess. Um, and you have to give as much as you can to Arteta because he has had to work with what he's got um, as hard as he as, as hard as he's worked. Uh, 
wonders because not only has he won an, won us an FA Cup, he has um, steadied the defence. And look, I know what people are going to say, uh, looking at the table, does the table lie, blah, blah, blah. I think this season the well, table got, does we lie. We've got the third or fourth best defence in the league. We just can't, we can't bag enough. That's the issue. Yeah. yeah we so draw exactly. games one each rather than winning them 2-1 now. So. Yeah, and, exactly. And I think, look, I think, I think us fans, maybe we got a little bit carried away with the FA Cup. I think really we should have looked at this season as a transition season where Arteta was going to get into the job and try to uh, implement all of his ideas and try to perfect everything, try to um, straighten those creases. And next season, when we have the fans back, when we have a summer transfer window, which is going to be absolutely crucial, when we have got that over the... Uh, uh, out and out of the way, um, we can then finally judge him and the team going forward. But this season, mm. I think it was always going to be an impossible job for him to to carry out. Mm. Yeah, no, that's this. This is a uh, brilliant stuff. Um, but look, I, I want to bring Dave in. Dave, you're still awake. You're still okay, there, uh, there, yeah. yeah I, the Ireland match is just after starting, today, <laughs> so we're actually one down. <laughs> but no, no, look, and I suppose going go from me and the expectations. Look, I wanted to see improvements at the end of the day. I wanted to see the, the defense improve, midfield improve, the attack um, improve. Look, it's not. We, we, we started off, he's got the defense, he seems to have the defense got right, so he, he said, Right, we'll move into midfield. He's going, no, we have party and Shaka in there. Look, it's not, I'd rather see someone else rather than Shaka, but we're kind of getting, we're getting kind of right there. And then up front, it's quite, it's kind of up front now where the problem is, because we're not putting the ball in the back of the net enough. Mm. Um, we thought we were okay with Aubameyang, but then that's kind of became a problem that you couldn't have foresaw either, you know? So it's about, I suppose, getting, striking that balance. So we did all want him to move from the five, to the four to back he done that he said look let's def- we, we've we have to move to the four eventually so we'll do it now i'm happy we did that just going on to the, just the point about players wanting the ball but then if if we want if our players should be under toes wanting the ball then that that should be playing out of the back so that kind of goes hand in hand with that so look you are going to concede one or two goals a season from playing out of the back. Every team in the world is going to. So I think you just persist with that. But um, just touching on, on Farhan's point with the Crankies, is Cranky has, since he's took full ownership, he's invested money. He spent £72 million on mm. Pepe. They, they said he bankrolled the party mm. move. He, we've, mm. spent, we've spent more than Chelsea were kind of even enough with what United have spent recently so we can't say we haven't spent you know it's just hey that's it, fine. it hasn't been used right it's fine we can spend money but ultimately if the structure isn't there and in any organization this is what really enrages me is is talking about the Cronkies and how we get sidetracked on transfers and amounts of money that's being spent I know Arsenal have the money to spend on players I get that and I appreciate that but my 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 real concern isn't how much any and how much more debt we're going to go into is how it is that we have let people like Gazidas, Raul Senyehi, etc., etc., screw over this club and no one taking any ownership about that. That's my problem because had we had used those years properly, by the way, when we came to the Emirates, we're supposed to be competing for Champions League trophies. How's look how that's turn, turned out? And that's because well, where we won the title in 2004. Yeah. When we won the title in 2004, Wenger turned around and said, I want Arsenal to be the best team in Europe in five years' time. In five years, I want Arsenal to be the best team in Europe. So that move to the Emirates was meant to project us, isn't it? Yeah, so. but, but in order to move to the Emirates, they, they should then 
plan as to how you get a team that's lost the Champions League final into then competing year in, year out. At the time when they moved from the Highbury to the Emirates, it was due to match day revenue. They projected that mm. moving to a 60,000 stadium would give us uh, would give us a lot more money and a lot more to play with. Um, but then things like television rights came into play, things like sponsorships came into, came into play. And arguably, look, Arsenal moved to the Emirates in the wrong era because they misread the situation. Um, but mm. if you're moving to the Emirates, and this is something that Gazidis promised us to be competing with the likes of Bayern Munich, you need to have a plan in place and you need to have the right people leading the club. The way that I've seen it, mm. it's it's a bit of a, a circus. You know, you got one, you got Sven Mislintak coming in uh, one day and then walking out the other day. Um, you got someone like Raul Senya, he coming in with his black book, calling up Pepe to come into the club, 72 million, however much million that is for him and his friends, you know, you like this in big clubs. And I, I can't understand how this has been allowed under the watch of Stan and Josh Kroenke to happen. And the other board members as well. Lord Harris is to blame mm. as well. And so is uh, Tim Lewis, who, by the way, is their personal lawyer. He gets a seat at the <laughs> uh, at, mm. at the table. Why? Because he helped to Kroenke's. I mean, this is all speculation. He gets a seat at the table because um, the he helps the Kroenke's buy out the hundred the club 100%. Is that part of the negotiation that he gets to, he gets to have a seat at the table um, once that transition is, transaction has gone through? But it, it, none of it makes sense. It's all fishy. And like I said, had this had this club been structured and organised from the very beginning, I don't think we'd be sitting here and seeing Arsenal uh, 9th and 10th because it ultimately starts from, from the top. Sorry, uh, sorry, Dave, to cut you out like that. No, you're okay, bro. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I don't know about, about you, lads, but I'm not kind of one of these fans that's that look at kind of the background and looking at the board. Yeah. I'm looking, I want to look at what happens on the field and I want to see yeah. what happens on the field. I don't care who's the executive or who's the owner or whatever. As well, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be results. looking at who's higher. We shouldn't know who's running the club. The fact is, the mere fact that we know about everything that's going on in the background shows how deep in the yeah. mud we are. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I have to agree with that. Yeah, Dave right. on that. Um, I think, I think the problem is at the moment we're in this situation, we've just got to move forward. What happened a year ago? What happened two years ago? We sit there worrying about what Cronkers going to do or what Edu done or you know what happened behind closed doors. Um, what what seventy two million we spent on Pepe? We just got to deal with it. I mean, the way I see it, we got the we got the eleven men on the field. Majority of them should be good enough to get that game done. That's the reason we signed them in the first place. Um, I mean, we've invested in almost every single position on the field. I think we've. Brought Cedric at right back, Tierney at left, Gabriel in the middle. We've brought a midfielder, we've brought a winger, um, and we've already got the strikers like we've touched on of Aubameyang and Lacazette. So the way I see it, the players are there. Whether, what goes on in the board should have absolutely nothing to do with why we're angry or why we're upset. It may be wrong, but there's nothing we can do about it. If there was, then great. Um, I mean, I don't think one of us are going to go up to their door and beat the shit out of them, but mm. it's just, um, it's just, what's the address? Li- <laughs> yeah. then, then the reason, the reason why I say it has an, it has an impact on the, on the first 11 team is because the board ultimately show us the direction that we're going to go into. When we got out of the Champions League, they decided to bring in Aubameyang and then they, they decided to bring in Socrates and Mkhitaryan. Um, players who were uh, supposed to be quick fixes that were supposed to get us into the top four that didn't work. The board yeah, failed. If, in that you, can't, you can't always you can't always guarantee every single transfer is going to work. Tiago no, no, gone to can't. Liverpool. He is world class, world class talent, 
and he looks like I don't know, like Bruno Shearu at the moment. No, you know, I, it's not I, working for him. But like Socrates was one of the best, like on the eye test. He he was literally one of the best defenders on the yeah, planet. Pushing it, you're pushing it. Yeah. Um, look, Do you watch? I'm not. I'm this this a dig. This ain't a dig. I just want to know. Do you watch Bundesliga football? And when I say do you watch for Bundesliga football, I don't mean by do you watch like the odd Bund- the odd Dortmund or the odd Bayern game, but do you absorb Bundesliga football as much as you do with the Premier League? Because no, if don't. you do, yeah, that's what I mean. And this is what I mean. I don't mean it in a bad way, but what I mean, yeah. like, I I do. I I I I I eat it almost on the same level as the Premier League. So when I watch Bundesliga football. And I see things, and I'm expecting no highlight reel can tell me what is going on. I need to if I if I also have been linked with the player that I don't know, I will sit down and watch tapes. Well, tapes, I'm old school in it, but like I'll watch like the full match, the full ninety minutes for of five, ten, fifteen previous games because I want to know what I'm watching. There's no point going, oh yeah, Pepe's sick, yeah, he scored 20 goals. Um, bruv, did you do you even see what Pepe was doing in, 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 in League One? Most of those goals were penalties. And to be fair, the other goals that he's scored, he's playing more pretty much through the middle. So the fact we were playing out uh, out wide isn't working. But Socrates, defensively, honestly, he was the man. He was he was quick enough to get to players. He was able to every, he slid in for every tackle and he had like four yellow cards. Throughout the whole season. And it's like, how do you slide in? You don't even give away a free kick. Like he literally, his timing was fantastic. So when he when we signed him, we signed him two years too late. I still believe that. But even yes, when we did sign that's him, the point. He, that's exactly the point I'm making. The point I'm him, making. But when we signed him, we signed him at the age of 28. That's still that's a exactly. brilliant age for a defender. No, no, that's not, a brilliant age for not for Arsenal football club. And this is the point I'm making. Can I let me just finish? Let me just finish my point that I'm trying to make because I think it's very important. The board at that level, at that point in time, decided we are going to go for three or four players who we believe will get us in the league. This isn't something we're looking for five, ten years down the line. We just want to get back into the Champions League. They realised it failed, and now they're going for a youthful approach. Now they've got Bukayo Saka. Now they've got Emil Smith Rowe. Now they've got other players coming down the ranks. Now we're looking at players like Buendia, who's twenty-four. Now we've got Odegaard, who's twenty-two. The fact is that it matters what it matters what the board says because the board directs us in what sort of uh, what direction we're going towards. Now, had they said at the beginning, had everyone with a screwed-on mind looked at the situation and said, "Boys, we need to start and we need to do things properly." then we wouldn't be sitting here right now at ninth because we would be sitting here with potentially a... Had they decided back then that we are going to invest in in youth and we are going to slowly get ourselves back up to the table, uh, then this would have been a three, four-year uh, game plan where we'd be sitting here right now challenging potentially Man City. But just touching mm. on that end as well is, look, we have Arteta. I'm happy we have Arteta mm-hmm. and that Emery is gone. But at the time, we have to stop and, and look at it as well. Is the board didn't deliver on, on who Emery wanted either. Emery wanted Fabinho. They got him Torreira. Emery wanted Zaha. They got him Pepe. Emery wanted uh, Christopher Nkunku. They got him Dennis Suarez. They wanted Kagler uh, Sayunku, who's ripping it up at Leicester. They got him Socrates. So he was kind of going in with a hand tied behind his back as well. But look, he didn't do himself any favours down the line with playing five at the back and two holding midfielders. And at least we're, as, as we're saying now, and one of the boys touching, at least we're not conceding 30 shots a game, you know. So yeah. that's always that's a plus. But I suppose... Like, right, we can... Just looking. Go, on, go ahead, Dos. No, I... 
it's quite interesting listening to everybody's different different opinions on it because absolutely every single one is valid in, in my opinion mm. i think absolutely all of them are valid to a certain degree i mean you just mentioned leicester there in my opinion in the premier league they are the best run club in the premier league oh yes they are yeah hands down 100 percent. and you look at what they're doing now this season the way they've invested i mean they they sold Maguire for eighty million, and they went and bought, uh, went and built themselves a state-of-the-art training complex. Mm. You know that that is something that you 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 put in place for the future. So I think Farhan, I completely agree with with what Farhan's saying. Of course, in an ideal world, you want the club to be in sync from top to bottom. You want everybody to be on the same page. Of course, that's what you want. But not many clubs ever got to get to that point, and I think Arsenal probably. I mean, listen, we're all invested in Arsenal more than we are anyone else, but we're, uh, we've been in transition since the day we left Highbury from, mm. from a strong point of view. And it is a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it is a problem. problem. And I, I agree. I don't think it's... Listen, when you do, from the day we left Highbury to where we are now, that that's not the reason we're sat ninth. It's part of the reason yeah. and part of the problem. And obviously, we, we, we want to be a better run club. We've been awful at buying players for far too long. We've been awful at selling players for far too long. The amount of money we've pissed up the wall is just unreal. And we've not made any of that back bar looking at the right. sales. Everyone goes on the free, don't they? Everyone yeah, goes exactly. On the free. Yeah. 90% of our money. players that we have you end up leaving on a free. And that's embarrassing. Yeah. And, and Boys, players that are worth 20, 30, 40, 50 million. You know, you look at what Sanchez would have been worth. Had he had 18 months left on his contract, you know, two years left on his contract, you'd be looking at 50, 60, 70 million for him. And yet, oh, like, like, use like that rebuild, isn't it? Yeah, quick, quick exactly. Question. So it's. Yeah. Sorry, quick, quick question for everyone here, actually. Um, let's let's stop looking back at the past now and let's look for, towards the future. Now, looking towards the future, do are, are Arsenal moving forwards in the right direction with Edu and Arteta? Because we've suffered years of. Um, problems, years of reshuffling, restructuring since we moved from Highbury to the Emirates. But are we finally beginning to see some glory days at the Emirates with Edu and Arteta at the will? I think you I'll can see, see 2025. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> you know what? That, that almost leads into the next question. I might as well just throw it up for there. Uh, look, lads, this, this debate oh, has been absolutely both. brilliant. But this is, uh, yeah, this is going to keep the debate going. And as I said, look, I thought I'm not going to have enough questions here. If we get the hour, we're doing well. But yeah, this is definitely, uh, it's exceeded expectations by, by far. But this is absolutely brilliant. But yeah, lads, there's another one for you to, to, to mull over there. Progress under Arteta. And define for me, in your opinion, what is progress? Dave, I'll, I'll start with you since we, uh, we left you sitting on the bench for a while. And lads, as I said, look... Just uh, something on your mind when he when he's finished, work away and uh, let us know your thoughts. Yeah, look, and as I just touched on it, even on the on the last piece there, we can see the progress is we we became more defensive. Don't know what happened, there, boy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought you were gone. We'll let you off but, then. Uh, That's right. I thought you were going to get yeah. me a beer. I'm going to get the guy get it myself now. Anyway. Did, did you bring, did you bring back the gloves? Great friend, you are, pal. <laughs> did you bring the gloves no love it but uh no uh, just yeah, regarding I've, I've got the gloves i've got my cup of tea for the morning <laughs> that's the job you're ready for work so as well as but uh <laughs> no. yeah i've got my suit and tie <laughs> <laughs> but um 
the just, I suppose going back to the progress, um, yeah, look, I suppose progress is to do better than last season, but we're, are we going to do that at this stage? I don't know. If we were to finish eighth and go to the semi-final of the Europa League, as, as hard as as hard as that would be, it's probably a little bit of progress as well, you know, because as we say, the FA Cup, while it is lovely and everything to win that is, that's kind of ha- has a habit of more as... <laughs> that, <laughs> <laughs> um, that more has a habit of kind of papering over, papering over cracks as opposed to actually allowing you to progress. We've had kind of had a habit of that over years, under even under Winger. We were kind of sneaking into top four, and then we we're like, "Oh, we're actually okay." And then we never actually built off getting into the top four and made the correct signings and that. So maybe a little bit of that came into into play again, you know. But I suppose you can see the progress is there. We are, as again, as I say, we're more defensively solid. Beforehand, we were winning games and we weren't creating chances. Now we're creating chances but we're just not taking them. So maybe the last step is now to actually take those chances. Um, progress, to me, is do better than last season, have better results than last season. Look, and don't 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 um, hide behind it. We have a great chance of winning the Europa League. Absolutely super chance of winning the Europa League. Look at the way the draw fell for us. We have Slavia Prague. We should knock those out. Then we have Villarreal, more than likely Villarreal in the semi-final. We should beat those. Like the way I look at it, Ant, is we have like if you got those in the last sixteen or the last <clears> the, <throat> the last eight in the Champions League, you're laughing, you're singing, going, "Lovely, we got Slavia Prague or lovely, we got Villarreal." That's what we have to look at it as. That's what I try to look at it as. Now, whatever happened before is we we, we will have to improve because if we had anyone better than, than Benfica or Olympiacos in the last two rounds, I think we'd be gone. But um, Look, if we were to finish, if we were to finish eight and get to Europa League semi or a final, it probably is slight progress, but it's probably not the progress that we want to see. You know, then we're going into we're going into a transfer window without without um, Europe potentially, or does that new European Conference League? We need to stay out of that. You just don't want to be in that. That's like playing the Johnston Paint with all the League One and League Two teams. You know, you just mm. You don't want to be in that. Because um, well, we might have a chance of winning that. Yeah, but yeah, but if you win that, you go into the Europa League. I don't want to. I don't. I, no, I don't thanks. want to be in it. No, no, absolutely. I, I don't not. want to sound elitist with that either, because like when no. you go to anywhere else in Europe, you know, like, if you look at any club in Europe that isn't the Premier League or a Premier League club, they worship the Europa League. Just like they worship, because it's, it's it's European football. It doesn't matter how big or small that club is. Even like, you see, like teams like AC Milan, AC Milan, they're like second in the in in the in Syria, and they've got you know they put out their strongest team available for every game unless they're already qualified. It's only the UK. Well, I say it's okay. It's only Premier League that have Absolutely. that elite level mentality. It's like oh this that, and the fans are equally as bad. You know so. For me, I wouldn't be putting the kids. I wouldn't really want to be wanting to put the kids out of stuff in the Europa League. Treat it like a proper tournament. Treat it with respect. Um, but the the Conference League, yeah, you're right. Honestly, I, no, I might send my daughter. Uh, she's she's five months old, but she could go play for them. Well, it's funny <laughs> you say that as well, Gavis. I remember watching years ago um a Serie A game and it was Torino maybe against Fiorentina or whatever and if Torino got a result they were getting into the Europa League 
mm. and like they got the result in the end and they were celebrating after the game like as if they can they won the league or whatever and i was yeah. kind of thinking means you're only got into the europa league but that just shows kind of the snobbery that we probably have as Premier League fans towards the Europa Dude, League. Honestly, the first year, I, mean, yeah. I also, um, I'm an Arsenal fan um, through and through, but I also follow um, Palermo. And the first year that I, was, I started following them, it, they were in the Europa League. They actually played against West Ham um, that season. Um, um, won one of those, lost one of those. But um, since then... I've been desperate for Palermo to be playing European football again. And um, like we got to we got to um we got to qualifiers in the Europa League and I was so happy that we were there. Do you know what I mean? It meant so much to me. Now we're like languishing in the third tier because of financial regularities, but that's a different story for a different time. But like once 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 Palermo come back to the big time, so I know they will, and like there's talks of like a, of a takeover and it's gonna take us back to the promised land. But if Palermo get there and we could get into the Europa League, that will mean as much to me as Arsenal being back in the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's it's, it's levels and like the league, the League Cup. The League Cup, we all take the piss out of the League Cup. Oh, you know, like you know, it's this, that, and the other. You know, don't get me wrong. I've had I've had my fair few digs at the Europa at, at the League Cup as well. But I'll tell you what: if every club isn't paying any respect to it, why don't Arsenal pay some respect to it? Why don't we put a full team out and go out and win a trophy? Because we win that we win that League Cup, we get the same status and the same level as we would do if we win the FA Cup. You know, in terms of in terms of where we land. In Europe, etc., and once again, it's a trophy. Man City yeah, pay well, that trophy respect City, every damn year. Yeah, Man City don't mind winning it, but they're probably going to win it again. I think they've won it seven or five out of the last seven years. So, yeah, look, if, if it's good enough for City, it should be more than good enough for Arsenal, you know, given the current state of the two sides. Um, mm. yeah, like in, in terms of Europa League and that, like I always say, look, it, it's European football, I'd rather be in it than not be in it. I know a lot of people don't like it and, and I can understand the reasons as to why you know a couple of dead rubber games a couple of uh, I've seen uh, a few people refer to some of the sides as wi-fi code password teams and that but look <laughs> I've well, not seen that before <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one, is, that's fantastic. the thing is with it that but lads is we've a better chance of getting the Champions League by winning the Europa League as we had for exactly. getting in the top four this season and even yeah. last season and possibly even next season, you know, so I don't think we should be writing it off just yet. Can we win it? Yeah, yeah. What was Q3? <laughs> well, I was going to ask, do you, do you think we could achieve European football? But we might as well just skip oh. on. You know what? I mean, I've abandoned I mean, the game plan. I've abandoned the game plan. We're just—it's a free for all now. We just—we yeah. just go. This, this is better. This is better. Than rumble now, yeah, yeah. This, this is so much better. I think for me, of course, we can win the Europa League. But the, the problem that we've seen, and we touched on the last two rounds, obviously Benfica and Olympiacos. We pretty much, we pretty much did the job in in half of the tie, and that's the problem. We don't. We, we, we struggle over the course of two legs for some reason. But in terms of the competition, we can win it. Absolutely, we can win it. But for me... But you're right. Going into every single game, I, I, I look at Arsenal, I look at the opposition, and even if they've got better players than us or whatever, I still yeah. expect Arsenal to win. Because I think, well, we've got... 
you might have this player, but we've got this player. Yeah. And there's why why can't we go toe to toe with them? You know, no, on I, that pitch, why can't we, Arsenal Football Club, go toe to toe with you? And it don't it, it, like, but then we just crumble, we just pussy out of stuff. Yeah. So like, no, I completely agree. Mind, like, and we haven't won a European final since 1994. We no. lost 95. We lost 2000. We lost. Yeah. We, we lost 2006. We lost 2018. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't see how we lost 2000. Did I say 2000 already? Um, but like, yeah. for instance, 2000, like Galatasaray. I'm not being funny. They had George Hadji and Hakan Suka. Other than that, Arsenal's team were far superior to them. Why is yeah. why why can't why can't we bag and why are we getting done on pens? Yeah, I, I don't think I, w- I wasn't. I'm yeah, not expecting in... us to win it, and it wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we don't win it. No, but what I'm but saying we is, sh- we, but we, we should. Can. No, we should be. I completely we agree. Should. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, but my, my my point is, I kind of I don't. Obviously, I want to be back in the Champions League. Of course, I do. But mm. I only want to be there if we can compete. I've fucking yeah, had enough yeah, of seeing yeah, yeah. Bayern Munich smash us ten two on. You know, I've had enough of that. And if that means that we're in the Europa League for another couple of years in a competition that we can compete in and should be getting to the, the final couple of stages year in, year out, I would I would actually rather be in that and see us enjoy us doing quite well in the tournament. But mm. the, the, the end goal is obviously to be in the Champions League and financially it, it's it's the most lucrative as well for us. So that for me is the only the only reason I want to be in it. But in terms of me as a fan and what what Gav was saying treat every single competition with respect and go and try and win trophies and I completely agree with that and I don't think we should ever look past the league cup I don't think we should ever look past any competition and I, I, I think our squad our, our squad is deep enough everyone keeps taking the piss that oh our squad ain't big enough oh yeah. well, our, our squad's plenty big enough people yeah, say, oh, we've got a lot of dead wood we've got a lot of dead wood I, I, have, to big, you, yeah. I have, well, our, have to okay, disagree with that I have okay how many goal, how many how, how many goalkeepers we got Three. How many? How many central defenders have we got? Seven? Okay, but what I want to say: how many fullbacks? My point we is, need, we need we need we need another left back for cover. You know, but we could play Bukayo Saka there. Look at our centre midfield. Jack has played almost every game. Yeah, but we've got alternatives there. We're choosing. We're choosing not to do that. And when any, that's probably it. Yeah, Danny Tobias. We've got players. We've got some of the kids. We've got some of the kids coming through. We've got a big enough squad to compete and do. No, but you you just said in Europa League. In Europa League, we should put out our best squad. You can't do that and play kids because it's technically contradicting itself. No, 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 no. no. You play no. You play the kids in the Conference League if we were to make it. That's what I said. I didn't say we played the kids in the Europa League at all. No. But, but what, um, but what if, I mean if, is, have we got we good playing, enough players the to replace? You're all yeah, I do. Not I do. We need another left back. I think playing the kids in the Europa League is, is uber disrespectful to the competition. I honestly think that. I don't I think, think we've uh, got the depth for the Europa. I honestly think we do. I mean, like... You, you, you could have a look at alternative formations as well. We don't always have to play two holding midfielders. Stop, stop. Mm. In fact, f- stop playing two holding midfielders sometimes because it's not frigging necessary. Sometimes you only need one. Look at England against Albania. We did not need to play. We did not need to play two holding midfielders in that game. 
but we start. did because Arteta this wants is the to start. play requires two central defensive midfielders. Well, sometimes, yeah, but sometimes you have to think outside the box and move beyond. Like, because the, the, I'll tell you what, I'm glad you said that, Farhan, right? Because this is yeah. another thing that pissed me off of Arsenal. Arsenal, if you look at any any other club, any other club. They have their ways of playing. They do. They have their set formation. But when they're playing against certain opposition, they ha- they adapt to combat who the opposition have got. Name me, other than other than one game, name me a time when Arsenal have uh, Arsenal have done that. And that, that one game is when we played against Man City away and um, Coquelin made his debut um, and um, Santi Cazorla played in a holding role, in that deeper role. That's the first time I've ever seen Arsenal Football Club change their approach to the opposition based on what they got. And the only reason why we did that is because we had injuries. It's the only reason why. Because it's like, why are we playing Santi Cazorla in a deep, like, in a deep, deep uh, central midfield position? He's not that type of player. Well, he turned into that player. He turned into that player on that one game and arguably his best ever game for Arsenal. Other than that, what, would, what did we do after that? We kept that formation all the way through. The whole way through. And mm, when we yeah, play three at the back, we're, we're talking play, about we're play, tactics, we're, play, we're, play we're going the, on to a... Sorry, I was going to say, we're talking about tactics, no, but, but we're going on to a completely different conversation and one that yeah, requires but, but, like but a lot of in-depth analysis and all that kind of stuff. But here's what I'll say about our formation right now. Here's what I'll say. Mm. Arteta sets these boys up to get the best out of his strongest start in eleven. If he's playing 4-2-3-1, that's a default position that Arsenal start before the ball is kicked. The moment we don't have the ball, the boys reshuffle into a defensive formation. The moment we have the ball, the ball into attacking formation. Now, the but reason the why players we're got that mentality in order to do that, I don't think they do. And, no, no, if and, you, and if this, you look and, at if you, yeah. you get lines out all fucking day and be like, and this right, is, okay, this will happen. And I think what Ender was saying about the, yeah. the formation change, Arsenal, Man United, FA Cup final, that was 2005. Mm. And, and, and what I, I said I, was 2014. So but twice. But let's, we, we, so twi- we, we twice in the last 16 North years, Arsenal changed formation. Arsenal changed their formation twice to play against the opposition that, that they're given. That's piss poor. If you look at any... Um, even even Chelsea, Chelsea. Remember when we um, when we were three 0 up against them a couple of a couple of seasons ago? When we were abs- we were literally playing off the park, waxing Liverpool in the um, sixteen seventeen season. We were literally just cleaning, just like spraying balls around. It should have been seven or eight nil. I'm not even lying. Sixty minutes into the game, they changed to three at the back, and we couldn't do anything. We couldn't break them down. And then they moved on with that. They could they could stay like that because they weren't losing games. They weren't drawing games. You know, so they were able. You, you can stick to stick. This is what, like, like what you just said there, Farhan. Our default formation. Our default formation. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Four, two, three, one. We could play with that. But if something changes, we need to do something about it. I don't want to be doing seeing what Everton have been doing I think for the last few years. Though, right before, tactically, well, sorry, I was just. Gonna, I think. I think tactically, Arteta has been doing very well in trying to adapt this this squad of players to rewire their brains into thinking what they need to do with the ball and what they need to do with the ball. The problem is, it's taken a very long time for them to get to this stage, and that's why we see ourselves nine. Be- nine well, this is what Everton have been grasped, doing. Yeah the concept at the beginning of the season and you're never ever going to get a group of players where you're going to change their mentality overnight it's a process I I hate using that word but it's a process and this process is still continuing Um, and but what I will say what I will say is that I've definitely seen footballing improvements I've definitely been seeing tactical improvements and I've seen footballing players who have had their and 
namely Granite Xhaka. I have not seen Granite Xhaka perform at the level that he has been performing, and that's simply because he's been playing alongside uh, Tom. He knows his role inside out. He knows where to be without the ball, and he knows where to be with the ball, and he knows how well, to play. Party, we haven't seen Shaka progress. Shaka, honestly, Shaka at Gladback. When we when we were linked with Shaka, I'm so gas, so so gas because I've been seeing what he's been doing week in week out at Gladback, and we 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 are only just starting to see the Shaka that we bought all those years ago. But the issue is, he will make one mistake. Like, for me, I honestly think he makes one mistake in a game. But that one mistake leads to a goal, which is frustrating. But I won't bag on him for that because I still look at the rest of the 89 minutes and the other X amount of touches that he has of the ball. And I think, yeah, you're doing the right thing. And people that are like going, oh, yeah, but all he does is pass it sideways or backwards. Fucking hell. Do you watch Arsenal Football Club? How many times does he win the ball? He's playing on the left-hand side of the two. How many times is he playing like he might play a sideways ball? But that's because um Kieran Tinney's only just starting to make his way up like past him. He's like literally, oh, it's just sideways with me now. I'll knock it with him sideways. But Kieran Tinney's already gone past him. He pings one down there. Or he passes it forward. That's one of the, my biggest bugbears in life. People that bag on Shaka for passing it sideways and backwards. I do think he can play it a little bit quicker. We've seen a lot of stats this season. There's, there's a lot of stats this season that kind of dispel a lot of those myths about, you know, Shaka being a, a sideways passing version. And I know we've a, we've a big Granite Shaka fan in the chats, DWTT, Gary, a.k.a. Mr. Granite Shaka himself. No, he's going to kill me for that. He hates Shaka. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, lads, look, uh, I'll bring a couple of the other guys in. Dan, what, what are you thinking? Any, anything you want to add to this? Um, and then Dawsey and um, Dave. I'll be honest with you. I've forgotten what the bloody question was. <laughs> I was just listening to the debate. I was just listening to the debate and enjoying. Um, Do you I mean, know, I'll be think... completely honest as well. I, I feel like I should be contributing a lot. But lads, I have to say Farhan and Gav especially, I, I'm actually, I'm loving, I'm loving this now. I, I'm actually, I'm forgetting that I'm supposed to be contributing and, and structuring in some way but I'm actually sitting back and I'm going <laughs> I I have certain opinions on, on, on things but I find myself I have an opinion on something and then Farhan you're saying something and you're changing my mind and Gav I have an opinion on something else and then you're saying something and I'm going I never thought of it like that and, and you, you have my head spinning right now and uh, no it, it's it's unreal to listen to it really it's, it's Anthony you need a therapist brilliant. mate yeah, definitely. After this one, definitely. But what I'll do is, right, this might be an opportunity. And uh, I think the question was, can we win Europa? Well, what I do is, we, we we touched on it a little bit, yeah. So look, we just keep the debate going here. Let's let's just keep it controversial. How about that one? If we miss out on European football, are you sticking with Arteta? And if so, how long are you giving him? Is that for me? I'm guessing. Sorry, I that's for you. Yeah, that's for <laughs> yeah. you. Dan, God, I'm, I'm going to mute my mic because I'm ready to fight on stuff. Um, I mean, for basically, you're kind of asking, should we suck in now? Because European football is quite a big. You're asking us to basically win the Europa um, or to get sixth place because that's the only real position that guarantees you it. So. <sighs> I would stick with him personally. Um, I think we'll win Europa. I know you watched my last podcast, um, Anthony, and in that we were discussing Europa League. 
the way I saw it, I can't remember who said it now. It's I've, I've heard so much of a debate. I've lost who said what, but I know someone said how the games went into our favour. Um, I mean, look, you look at United, Ajax and Roma potentially in the next round. Yeah, they got Granada, but it's, I mean, it's it's not going to be as easy as what it could be for us. It'll be interesting to see what it's like when we fa- if we face um, Emery. That'll be quite a good because he seems to have done quite well at Villarreal. Um, I think it'll be an Arsenal United final, and considering the chart, the games we've had against them this season in ninety minutes, one leg, I think the job will get done. But to say should Arteta go if we don't win that, or if we don't get Europa League next year, I think that'll be quite harsh. Considering there can be so much work done in the summer. Um, I know we spoke about this Farhan in your podcast on how there's so much work to do it's going to be a really busy summer not just in terms of who comes in uh a lot of players need to go because we're wasting them Hector Bellerin now I know someone mentioned him he hasn't played in seven games eight games there's only so long that can go on for um Lacazette Eddie Nketiah there's players there that we just need to shift because they're not playing enough so we'll see what happens the next I think next season's make or break but it'd be harsh to let him go when not enough has done been done to the team for him to really show himself. Uh, he's not really had that much to work with. Gabriel and Party, that's it. But we've we've hardly seen them, um, not to their full potential anyway. Because Party's missed a few games where he was either injured. I've never seen a player get injury prone at Atletico. I didn't know about it. And then all of a sudden, he comes to us and he's picking up an injury every game. Um, but I I think he deserves. Considering what other managers have had under us and under other teams, uh, you look at Solskjaer, you know, I think he deserves at least another year. I'm not saying all of next season, but see what happens this summer. Yeah, you know, uh, I I, I definitely agree. I think people know my feeling that, look, I, I don't think, I don't think this season, I think it was always going to be a tough one to judge him on for plenty of reasons and, and we've got into those reasons gav i'm gonna i'm gonna just leave you to last gav because i have a feeling you're gonna have a lot to say and i'm gonna need a bathroom break so as soon as you start that's not gonna know but uh no i, I want to bring you i want to bring dozy in next uh dozy i'll get your thoughts and uh and then we go maybe Dave Farhan and, and Gav. I want to save you the last because I feel you're going to have uh, a couple of a couple of different different views. So I'm definitely interested there. So yeah, Dozzy, what are you thinking? It's, it's realistic, isn't it, that we miss out on European football? It's a real it's a real possibility that we could we could we could miss out on European football. Um, <clears throat> I think our best chance is winning the Europa League. Um, at the moment, I just, I just, I mean, like I said, we're not the only one in this boat, but I can't see us putting together three, four, five results. I mean, we're, we're very quickly running out of games uh, to do that in. If we could put together a run of four or five results, then I think the table actually would probably look quite different. Um, and actually, we probably would be sat probably sixth, maybe even fifth. But... Yeah, it's a real possibility um, missing out on European football for next year. And if we do, uh, I think for me personally, I've seen, and this is touching on points that we've already discussed, but and I think Farhan specifically, but yes, we're better defensively. Um, and I think in terms of the players that 
we, we we're trying to bring in. Listen, we've been cr- we've been crawling out for for someone to even be remotely in the mold of a Patrick Vieira for for, for ten years, probably looking for someone like that. Um, and I think finally we've got someone uh, in, in Thomas Party that could potentially at, at least go some distance to fill in that void. So that was the first thing that that I've kind of looked at and I thought, right, if, and, and Gabrielle as well, actually. I mean, looking at we wanted a big, strong, fast centre-back, someone that was comfortable with a ball at his feet. We've got that now. So I look at that and I think, do you know what, right, if, if these are the kind of players that Mikel is wanting to bring in, then, then, then I'm all in. And that, that's for me because we've been calling out for these players for for so many years to to fill these gaps. So I look at that and I think, okay, Arteta is looking to bring in the right kind of players that that we need to be. We need to be stronger. We need to be more physical, um, and we need to be harder to beat. And I think he's, he's gone some way to to doing that. Um, he's got rid of more deadwood than I expected him to at this point. There was a lot of players there that needed to go, and I'm. If I'm being honest, I'm, I'm I'm actually quite surprised he's managed to get rid of so many of them so quickly. So um, that that's good. I mean, for me, for me, that 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 three of Kalasinac and Mustafi and Özil, mate, them mm. them three just together, they just seem to be in their own little Poison. bubble. Uh, yeah, and they, and they seem to really, really be the, the the crux of what where the problem was in the squad. So. To get rid of all three of them, I think, is a, is a huge bonus. And, I mean, Kalasinac and Mustafi are already causing trouble at Schalke, by all accounts. So, that just goes to show that we were we were right to get rid of them. So, I think I look at the players he's bringing in, and they, they fit the kind of players that I want to see come in. My concern, and my, my biggest concern, is if we miss out on European football, the fact we've been through a pandemic a whole season with no fans... Where's this money going to come from? And unless and, and unless someone does dip it, and I, I agree with what Dave is saying, I think a lot of people are quick to pounce on the Cronkies. And I, and listen, they take some of the blame. Absolutely, of course they do. They, they could have invested earlier. They could have invested more. Absolutely. But we have spent money. Um, so I think we have to, we have to obviously take our hat off and say, look, actually, when we needed it, he's brought in party. He's brought in Pepe. Whether or not they're the right choices, He's put his hand in his pocket and he's and he's enabled us to get those players. Now, if we miss out on European football, he needs to do that again because the only way that we're going to take a big step forward next season without European football is if he says, right, this summer you've got 150 million and you, you go out and you get the players that you want to get in. And listen, I actually don't think we're... that In terms of... Quality, I don't think we're that far away. I think if we could get two or three world-class players in, be interesting to see what he does with Saliba because um, he's been brilliant since he's gone back to France. Absolutely brilliant. So it'll be interesting to see how he integrates him back into the squad. There's rumours of Torreira coming back. Not overly asked, really, whether he stays or goes. If we can if we can get some money for him, I think let, let, let's do it. Um so I think when you look at the, the the back four, back five, I think aside from Bellerin, I think you can say we're almost there from a first eleven perspective. You look at Leno, Gabriel, possibly Saliba, Tierney for next season, then you think you can you can add a, a decent right back in there. Then I think you've you've gone gone some way to having a decent back five uh, party. And then you look at Xhaka. Listen, 
Jack has definitely got his critics. Um, there's a few fans out there, and I, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit. I think he's he's been brilliant this season. Um, credit where credit's due. I think he's been brilliant. I know he's made a couple of mistakes, but the way he plays the game, and in terms of a leader, which we severely lack in this squad massively. There's no leaders whatsoever. When I look at that squad, and as much as I love Abamyang, uh, he is not. He's not he's a leader. Not no, he's, he's, he's not. And it's, um, I, I only really look as far as Xhaka and Louise when I look at who could possibly wear that armband. And Can the it? problem is what, what, what Gav was saying is they've both got a mistake in them. And th- those mistakes will more often than not cost us a goal. So, and I think obviously going back to what Xhaka did last year, I think there's, there's as much as I think he's gone some way to repairing the damage that he caused by, by that, I think he's, He's won some fans back over. There's there's some that he'll never win back. Um, mm. But he can't. He, they can't give him the armband again. We've had enough to- toxic atmosphere around the club for far too long. So to, to give the arm back to him on a permanent basis will be <laughs> would just be suicidal to to a certain degree. So people are calling Tierney Tierney out possibly for wearing the armband next year. I'm all up for it. Um, I'm quite open to to, to somebody else. And the, the problem is, I think. The armband itself has very much lost its importance over the last 10 years. It's been passed pillar to post to players that don't deserve to wear the shirt, let alone wear the fucking armband. I mean, some of the players that have worn that armband are just awful and they just do it's not deserve It's embarrassing though, isn't it? it? It is embarrassing. You should be, it should be one of, it should be the one of the highlights of your career if you're given that armband. So to captain the Arsenal is, and you look at some of the players that have worn that, that armband, you know, Tony mm. Adams, Patrick Vieira, just, just in, in kind of my lifetime. And you can look before that. And it's just, it should be a huge privilege and a huge honour. And mm. it's been treated with a huge amount of disrespect for far too long. I find so it I quite... Like, um, sorry. Um, no, that's all right, man. I, uh, I would yes, like to see someone give it, be given it for the long term. And if it's Tierney, yeah. you say, right, okay... Because he's, he's growing into that role, and you don't need to wear an armband to be a leader. If, whether he's got the armband or not, Tierney is always going to be Tierney. That's he's not proof already, isn't it, that you don't need yeah. the armband to be like you see him barking orders way more than yeah. you see a Bamiang wearing it. I'm not a big fan yeah. of strikers wearing uh, striking no. goalkeepers. I don't care how good you are, who you are. I don't like yeah. the idea of a striker or the goalkeeper wearing the armband. If I'm honest, no, but I, that's I, from my I, refereeing days. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I, I would love to. So that. that Listen, there's still so many things that Arteta needs to do and there's still a lot of work that needs to go into that squad in terms of bringing players in, getting players out, making some big calls. I mean, to take that armband off Aubameyang, that's a huge call, man. But regardless of, mm. of when it is, I mean, he's a hugely popular figure around the club. Around the, and unless, unless it, it's a discussion that they have man-to-man and say, look, Oba, I want you to get back to doing what you do best, and that's scoring goals. And if this if this armband is giving is is adding too much pressure on you, because it clearly is, because it's taken a huge part away from his game, and I, and I know he's got other stuff going on off the pitch, which is which is obviously going to have an impact, but it, it's coincided with him being given that that responsibility. So I think for me that that's a big decision, but he doesn't seem to be too scared at making big decisions, um, Mikel. Obviously, he made a huge yeah. decision yeah. leaving over at the North London derby, which I think he was was absolutely the right thing to do. Um, mm. Leaving mm. him out of arguably our biggest game, you lose that, 
we're in a, it is you you sink to a new level. So I think I've seen enough of Arteta, and I've kind of digressed a little bit. Um, but I think I've seen enough of Arteta to say he seems like a real strong character. He wants the right mentality at the club. He wants to bring the right players in. Yes, we're better defensively. Um, yes, we're more solid. Yes, we've got better results against the top six. So I think I've seen enough of him to say let let's give him a little bit more time in a in a normal normal season um, where you can have a full preseason. You can have. But my, my 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 main concern is if we miss out on European football, where does that money come from? Because yeah. next year, if we go into next season without European football, with a very very similar squad to what we've got now, I, I just uh, I. Uh, it's going to be a long season, um, and I just don't, I just don't know where we go from from there. And that that's my concern is where the money comes from because we've all lost out on money. All the clubs in the Premier League have lost a huge amount of money throughout this season. Um, but you could arguably say that I mean, you look at Man City. Yes, they've lost money, but they, do they need to invest as much money as Arsenal do? Just as an example, they mm. they don't. They could add one player. And they'll probably still be there or thereabouts next season. Liverpool, maybe one, maybe two players there thereabouts. Chelsea have got an unbelievable squad that are just not quite performing to the level they should be at the moment. Obviously, Tuchel's coming in; he's doing a doing a good job so far. Um, but I just think when you look at all of those teams, especially in the top six, top top eight, I don't think anybody needs to invest as heavily as Arsenal do, and that's that's my concern about where the money comes from. But that's not Mikel's fault. Um, and I just look at the bigger picture and I try and look at why we're ninth. And I don't think it's through a lack of tactics. Has he made mistakes? Absolutely. Um, has he left players out at wrong times? Listen, Pepe's, Pepe's been brilliant over the last few months and he, and he frustrates me that he drops players at the wrong time. Just as they seem to be getting into some kind of run of form, he then brings someone else in. I just think, just give him a run, you know. If you're good, and and Aubameyang's a perfect example of this. He's 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 been poor this season um, by his own standards, and it's just you just think you've got someone like Martinelli, which is just the kind of player that you really need in that team now. That's going to chase everybody down, just a dog that just wants to get around people's ankles, win the ball back, try and make something happen. The things like that frustrate me with Mikel, but then he is a young coach. He is learning on the job. Probably the hardest job you could ever walk into as a as a first time management role but i think he's done all right and i've seen enough of him to think let let's give him a bit more time to bring in some more of these gabriel like party like players and, and see what he can do um so for me even if we miss out on european football i i, I would stick by him I, I would give him at least another season and then and then if he gets a full season with a full pre-season he could bring some more of his players in, hopefully, then I think we've got a, a bigger window to kind of really judge him on. So, uh, yeah, I would stick by him. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. And uh, there's just there's just one point you made that I that I take issue with that I okay. want to challenge you on. Go on, then. You said that for a first-time coach, <laughs> this is the most difficult job you could take <laughs> on. Yeah. Have you seen the Republic of Ireland squad? Don't do it. <laughs> Have you seen our squad? <laughs> Tell me that, that even my boys are taking some of your lot. 
Yeah. Well, Jamaicans are taking so many Irish. Oh, lads. <laughs> tell tell oh, me yeah. that is not currently the toughest managerial position in world football. No, in all seriousness, no, no, definitely. You know, I do agree with with, with a lot of your points there, Dozzy. But uh, I want to bring uh, Farhan in as well. So, Farhan, I want to get your thoughts on And then uh, we, we go to Dave. And then, Gav, all hell's going to break loose then when we come to you. So, I, I'm looking know. forward to it. <laughs> you might cover <laughs> me. You might all me. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're open-minded. We're open-minded. We, we, we like the debate. We like the discussion. And look, it wouldn't be fun if we all agreed, would it? It wouldn't be fun. <laughs> so, Farhan. Yeah, so the question is, do we stick with Arteta? And I think you're asking the wrong question. You need to be asking the boys at the top whether they're going to stick with Arteta. And I think the answer is very, very clear. I think they are going to stick with him. I think even we, even if fans were at the stadium, uh, Gavin, whoever else mentioned, I think even if fans were at the stadium, the board were always going to stick to this man. It took a massive gamble in turning him from head coach to manager. They knew from the FA, uh, after the Cup victory what this man was about and what his potential was. You need to remember where he's come from. He's come from um, a Man City with a clear blueprint that he's been at the focal point of developing a blueprint for them, where now we're seeing them flourish into superpowers. This is the season where they could win in Champions League. And if not this season, it will come. And so I think that um, with Arteta and they're going to be here for the long run. I think if we miss out on European football, which is more than likely, um, the board are ready for it and they already have a plan set in motion. I think Edu has a plan set in motion and he knows what to do in the summer transfer window. They're just waiting for the season to end to see where our finish, whether it's A, B or C. Um, in terms of funds, I think this season is a very unique season for us because season we need to rely on the keys or anyone to um, quote-unquote fund us because the Cronkies have never funded us so this season we have enough players to move on to um, build up a, a budget of about 200 mil there's a potential there that we can potential really transform this no, there squad. is there is yeah, yeah. Uh, there is there's a massive there's a massive um over in a normal climate, be, yeah, yeah, of course, in a, in a normal climate, I understand that. But with the mm. amount of players that need to be moved on, you're talking about 10 or 11 players, the potential of getting 120 mil is there's more than likely chance of doing that. But when you do that, then you have to also bring in six or seven or eight players. Um, now, the one good thing that the, the one the one hopeful side of things that I take from Arsenal is, um, the youthful aspect of it, the players coming up from the academy, you've got the likes of Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, um, Aziz is coming through as well. You're looking at Joe Lopez, Balogun, etc., etc. So we are in a fortunate um, climate right now where everyone around us is going through this whole COVID crisis. Uh, people are going to be looking to spend their money smart. And I encourage Arsenal, and I think, I think Arteta and Ed are on the right path in... Um, in spending intelligently rather than buying superstars, I think we're now going to go into the market looking for the gems. Um, and, you know, I really, really hope that's the case. Um, and to, to really answer the question whether we stick with Arteta or not is to see what happens in the summer transfer window. We say this every single year, but I genuinely believe that this season is the most important summer transfer window because this year we will see the ambition of the club and how much and to what extent club want. to move forward and uh, replace players like David Luiz is to replace players like Aubameyang what happens with Aubameyang you know is he going to be moved on 
He signed a new contract, we know that, but at any time, he can still move on. When you sign a contract, it's not because you want the player to stay, it's to ensure How? that their value is made of a certain amount. So for me, I wouldn't be surprised if Aubameyang moved on this summer, and therefore, because he signed a big contract, mm -hmm. we would actually be able to make a couple of quid out of it as well. Yeah, that's exactly. what contracts are for. That's, that's something that's that's what... Exactly. Oh, that's ex exactly, and that moves me on to other players like Eddie Nketiah. Eddie Nketiah, who's on his last years of contract. Oh, what are Arsenal going to do with him? Are they going to sign him on another mm. long-term contract, send him out on loan and then sell him next season? These are the things mm. that we want to see from a football club. Uh, Arsenal previously... That's business acumen, uh, the, though, isn't it? And I, yeah, that's we, business we're not seeing acumen, this from and, that's, and that's lacking. That's lacking at this club, so much mm. so that we have seen players like Aaron Ramsey leave for free. Um, Alexis mm. Sanchez leave for free. Meza Ozil mm. leave for free. Mind... Mm mind-blowing how you can let this happen on your radar um, and that's why it all goes to, it, it all goes back to what this board do and how long they will stick with this man because they've stuck his they've just, they've stuck their neck up for this guy they've clearly said to the fans out there and to everyone associated with Arsenal we're going with Arteta we're going with Edu we're going for this different approach and we are hoping that it'll work um, but if it doesn't then we're gonna have to do something drastic mm. I'm going to leave you guys be it. Listen, just before I let you guys carry on with the debate, oh, thank you, you very can't much. Leave yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stay for your segment. I'm going to stay for your segment. But yeah, listen, it's been a pleasure being here and talking to you guys. I think this is the most enjoyable show that I've been part of. Um, and, and I think, um, Gav, you've been a massive part of it. So thank you very much for making this uh, discussion really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Anthony, we're going to chin you out of your own channel. Me and Farhan are going to run the shit. You know what? A massive, a massive part of it. Yeah, that's the biggest anyway. Yeah, so so does it anyway. So so still in the channel. He knows, but uh, no, Farhan, absolutely brilliant. And, and as you said, yourself and Gav. Look, everyone's contributing. It's been brilliant. But yourself and Gav, this is a. You know, we might we might have to make a part two of this. Uh, this is this has been an absolute cracker and. I'm sure, I'm sure Dawsey, Dan, and Dave, Dawsey, Dan, and Dave, the three Ds. Yeah, we're, we're sitting here. I know I'm sitting here going, this is, I mean, yeah. I, I put myself in the shoes of someone just watching. I listen to this, and I go, this is an absolute cracker here. Like, I, as I said, I, I'm forgetting that I should probably be contributing in some way. So I, I, I suppose I'm clicking the buttons in the chat, so, you know. I work behind the scenes as well. Do you know what I mean? I'm like sat there going, like, boys, can you help me out a little bit? And I'm like tapping away, I'm trying to chat away. But like, end of the day, like, I, I think I said it early doors in this as well. It's like, end of the day, we're all Arsenal fans, we all want the same thing, yeah. And like, um, was it was it was it Dave or Daniel? I can't remember who said it. It's like, you're all like, you've all got you, all your, I'm listening to all your opinions, and you're all right. So how hard is it? We're just six. We are just six Arsenal fans of millions, hundreds of millions around the world. And also, you've got to look at Arsenal from a board level. And what do they think? Are they sat in a room, six people in the boardroom, having the same sort of discussions, same conversations, and they're the ones that are making the decisions. They're not all agreeing, because if they all agreed, then we'd be somewhere else. 100% would be somewhere else. Yeah, but we're not. So it's like, well, I think we should do this. I think we should do this. I think we should do this. I keep seeing comments coming up about the NFL and how much Cronk has put his money in the NFL. Honestly, if you don't 
watch NFL or you don't understand NFL, please do not comment on what the Cronkies are doing with uh, with the once were San Luis Rams and now the LA Rams. Do not comment because you don't understand NFL. Simple as that. Every club, every franchise in NFL has the same money level. You're not allowed to go over that. You're not allowed to go over that. Yes, once again, they spent money on the stadium. That's fine. They didn't pay it outright. No, no one, no one in business or anyone who has any form of business brain buys things outright because it's not beneficial to you that way. You are, it's, you're not able to move your finances here, there and everywhere if you get an outright purchase. If you see a house, you buy a house and you buy it outright in cash, then I'm sorry, stupid. But Gav, the point is, he's invested. He's so, invested in the Rams, whereas he hasn't invested. Invested, in invested where? Invested where? Invested where? He's invested Talk in the stadium. From a very, from no, a very no, early, from, no, from early no, on, from early on, he's had his eyes set on the Rams. The biggest project of his career, of his business career, was moving them from St. Louis to LA. That's why he got involved yeah. with them. And the moment he did that, the moment. Now, I appreciate that he hasn't invested five billion pounds or dollars, however much it is. I get that. But the fact of the matter is, Kroenke has invested his hard-earned dough in the Rams, and he hasn't done the same at Arsenal. That's a fact. He has not invested because Which he doesn't is, believe... I'll tell you what. Do you know what? Oh, that's fine. Do you know why that's fine? Because he's a businessman. It's his money. He could do what he wants. It pisses me off, and it pisses all of us off as Arsenal fans. But that's his money. He can do what he wants. People were chatting and chatting and chatting, going, oh, he's taking money out of Arsenal fund and put it into there. As he fuck. He, no, he hasn't, hasn't done that. that. So he hasn't done that. And when, when I'm also seeing people going, oh, um, they've just signed Matt Stafford, who I absolutely hate, by the way. I hate Matt Stafford. I don't even know why. He's a really good quarterback. But you know, though, you look at people sometimes, you go, I don't like you. Well, they just signed him on a big money contract and everyone's going, oh my God, uh, as if, as if, as if like they've done that when Arsenal need this, whatever. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's Rams money. That's Rams money. And yeah, you, you can't go over $182.5 million a year contract. That's it. Done. My boy, my, my, my boy, Patrick Mahomes, where's he at? There he is. You know, he was he was on a 50 mil a year contract, a 10 year, 50 mil a year contract. And he's changed. He's changed his contract. So therefore, we can actually sign better defensive well, offensive linesmen because he got crunched in the Super Bowl this year. He got absolutely crunched and we couldn't move forward. So what we've done is restructured his contract, but we still can't spend over that amount. Everybody has the same clean slate. So it don't matter who owns them. You hear Man United fans banging on about the Glazers and the Tampa, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers who beat us in the Super Bowl this year. It's the same for them. They can't spend this. They can't spend that. You can't be You can't be doing what, um, what um, um, what's his name at uh, Everton and... Abramovich is doing fire machinery. You, you, you can't do that sort of stuff in the NFL. You can't. It's impossible. You will get yeah, fucked I, off and chinned out straight I know, away. I know, I so, what it, Kronky, I... what, so what Kronky is doing with the Rams, that's fine. When it comes to the Rangers, however, that's when you can have an argument. But what he's doing, what he's doing over there, do you know what I mean? I don't think it is fine, though, because I think finances are part. NFL is structured in a completely different way. Finances are part. It's being present and it's taking the initiative to run a football club properly. He doesn't care about Arsenal. He's palmed it off to Josh. He's given Josh a seat at board and he said, this is now your club. 
This you are now responsible for making decisions. That for me screams issues. That's a that, that for me. That for me. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not defend. Don't sit here and think I'm defending Cronky. By the way, I'm looking at it from a human point of view and a business point of view. If that's if this is his business and he's handing something down to his son, I would love to hand something down to my daughter. So if I've got something which is worth a lot of a lot of money and I own it and I'm able to keep it in the family by handing it down, wouldn't you do that? I don't know if you've got any kids, but if you had a child or anything like that, would you, would you not want to hand that down to your kids? To we Arsenal don't like it. Arsenal Arsenal Hell no. <laughs> Listen, no, this, no, this, 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 this gig is like, too big for him. This gig is too yeah, big for him. That's yeah, the whole we're, point. We're, we're seeing it from an Arsenal fan point of view. We're yeah. not seeing it from a human point of view. And we're not seeing it from a, a, a situation where is. I own this. I own this. I'm handing this down to somebody who is in my family to keep this business in my family. And I'm proud, a, a proud owner of this to keep it in the family. We are looking at it from an Arsenal fan point of view saying we need to do this. We need to spend here. We need to do this. We need to do that, which is fine. And I fully agree with that. But you, you also have to be able to understand where he's coming from when it comes to it. We don't have to yeah. like it. I don't like it. As I said, I don't like it. I can't stand it. But we have I, to understand I think it. We're discussing the way wrong problem. Um, I mean, the board have an effect. That's obvious. But I think things like what Dorsey brought up about the, the fact we haven't got a real captain in charge. I think things like that are much more of a bigger effect um, in the long run. Because, like, for example, the fact that someone that's only been in our club two seasons and has had majority of that injured and now one season in where he's playing at full strength full ability people are saying that he should be our next captain stuff like that i'm embarrassed the fact that we've got a team of god knows how many people i think someone said there 37 players and that someone some scottish left back i'm not being disrespectful for tierney in any way i love the guy but a scottish left back has come in from celtic and automatically he's our next captain I kind of rate it though. I, I, I kind of rate it because it's someone who has, like, I rate it. Like, Don't it, get me wrong. It, I rate it. But... Yeah, he's coming. He's coming off the back. He's, he's walked into the club. He's had a bit of a, you know, he played a few games. Then he was injured for a long time, and he's able to see things around. You know, you're able to keep an eye and have a look and see what's good. Um, and he's thought, you know what? No, fuck this. I've got something to say. I don't like what you're doing. I don't like what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. And I've got the balls to say it. Well, and, and, that, and that's what he's coming in. I respect, in. I I respect anyone it. else like at the him. club has got that. Uh, anyone else you, and no one else, no one else has really got that at the club. And no. you could argue that's what's missing. But like when everyone else just says it, you know, mm. like, let's say, let's say for argument's sake, yeah, we're, uh, us five are here. Well, us, 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 well, you know, Furhan's just, just disappeared, but like us four, us four are here doing our thing. Right. And then you come in, you've never seen us before. You walk in the room and you see us four doing, doing a certain thing. Right. And you're, you don't necessarily like it, but you know, you're going to be here for a while. So you come in and say, then you say, you say, Gav, I don't really like that. Dorsey, don't really like that. Dave, not a big fan of that. And, you need to sort that out a little bit. Us four should need to turn around and then say, hmm, right, we need to either listen to what, what they're saying or we're going to tell you to fuck off. That's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what's going to happen. But they clearly understand 
what is going on, what he's saying, and what it yeah. means. Look at look at um look at um when we went one 0 down against Benfica in the in the um, second leg and his reaction and look at the way his reaction when he when he got there, when, he, when he and then look the at, field. yeah but look look at yeah but that is like that's mm. bravery I don't know if it's leadership do you know what I mean like I've played for teams I've never been a captain of a team but I will shout and F and Jeff like the captain because I want I, I want and I expect. Would I want to wear the captain's armband? No. Does it? It's not because it's going to have some form of you know pressure on me. I don't feel like it should because uh, I can't remember who said it earlier on today. But it's like the captain's armband doesn't really mean anything, does it? You know, the only thing it means is that you get to hand over the. It should do though. In football, in football as a whole, in football as a whole, nothing to do with Arsenal Football Club. As football as a whole, captaincy means. Fuck all! It means nothing. You get to you get to flip a coin. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, which um, yeah, heads. Okay, well, we know which way we're going to shoot. We're always going to shoot this way because we always do, and we always receive and go that way as well. When Arsenal kick off, we always pass it backwards and play one long diagonal and it goes out for a throw in. It happens every game, apart from the West Ham game, which fried my brain. Mm. It didn't happen there, but you know, I, 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 like, I disagree like, with that. I mean, you look at. You look at... No, but it, you look at people like John Terry, right? Stephen no, Gerrard. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's historical. Because no, but you're at, saying the captain doesn't matter. Nowadays it doesn't. Nowadays it means... Name me a captain in world, in, in world football right now that means something. Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos. Jordan Henderson, who you just spoke about. Yeah, he's a controller. He is a controller. Okay, maybe one more. But what, yeah, but, but, why, he was doing, why, but he was doing that when Steven Gerrard was there. But why, Do you see why what I mean? does the captain not matter? Gerard, because the cap, captaincy nowadays in football doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't, do. especially especially from a refereeing point of view. And I will back to always back to. I was referee for ten years. It means fuck all. When I, when it, all, all all it means is that the captain is going to talk a little bit louder and put a few more curse words in it when he's trying to get his point across to the referee. Oh. Well, that's I much rather, right I much rather, I much rather speak to the number seven who isn't being a shit and can actually understand that and we can relay that back to his team. So Honestly, I, I, I agree with the point. Captain C in top flight football doesn't mean anything. Look, Van Dyke, Van Dyke is is as much of a leader. Um, Milner is much of a leader as anyone else. In terms, of, when I when I said about cap, about about like controlling Henderson is the controller of that midfield at Liverpool. He is what is missing. Everything that he does in the middle of the park, not just barking orders, but receiving the ball, mixing it up, spreading it out wide, playing long balls, playing short ones. Henderson is the key to what is missing at Liverpool at the moment. But do you think but, a captain should matter? 100% a captain should okay. matter, but right. it doesn't anymore. A captaincy no, doesn't mean I, anything I anymore. Right, uh, yeah, so like, yeah, look, look, look yeah. You, you're missing the point. Everyone's missing the point. Everyone, no, 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 everyone, no, no, everyone's I... missing the point. No, 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 not, okay. you, not you boys in here going downstairs. <laughs> like people going, oh, yeah, but what about Patrick Vieira? What about Tony Adams? Yeah, no, it I, I, I back then. It doesn't mean yeah, anything yeah. nowadays. Yeah, but yeah, I agree that it's, yeah. it's lost its significance. I completely yeah. agree with that. And uh, But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I want to bring that back, man. It should mean something to be the captain 100%, of, of Arsenal. So 100%. I think what, what, what we're but trying to say, what I'm, what I'm trying to say, is that the next person that gets that armband, first of all, they have to earn it. 
You don't you don't just get given it. For me, you ha you have to earn it. And for me, when I look at the, the captain, the captain, yeah, look, listen, Aubameyang's. You could say Aubameyang has earned it by his performances on the pitch over the last three yeah, years. But then that's because so it's kids football, football, doesn't it? Because kids football, yeah, it's the finish. same thing. So you're the best player, so you get the captain. Yeah, let me finish. So all I'm saying is, I'm not saying I agree with it. I don't think he ever should have been given the armband. And quite frankly, I don't think he wanted it, right? I don't agree with it. But I'm saying when you look at that squad, if I look at that squad and I, I, I base it purely on a player that I, I would look to, if I was playing in that team and I had to look at somebody to take the lead and try and grab the, the scruff of a game by its neck, I would only look at Granite Xhaka. And that yeah. is as far as I would look. So does he? Does he? Do you think though? You know the way we're, we're sort of saying like the captaincy doesn't really mean anything. Do, do you think it would mean something to a guy like Kieran Tierney? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it mean everything. Absolutely. Mean everything yeah. because he's old school. He's got that old school mentality. You can tell. He's a every proper time player. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a proper. Yeah. He's an old yeah. school guy. You know, so he would have kind of the, that, the type um, of player you want to have the band. You know, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah you, give it to, you give it to Aubameyang, yeah, and it's something cool to post on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yes. It's something, you know, something to talk about. I know it's, it, it's, I know it's a pride thing. I know his, his dad was captain and and all that, so I know it was a pride thing. But for someone like Kieran Tierney, like I really think that it means something. And I, and I think if you give it to a guy like that, I think you might see the importance of the armband restored. Yeah. I do agree with you, Gav. I do agree that the captain as a whole has lost its significance. But when yeah. when I was mentioning about the likes of John Terry and people people of that ilk, you know, and I, listen, I can't stand John Terry, but when I look What's at him a as captain? a leader on a, on, a, on a pitch, he was an unbelievable captain. What a leader. Even Gerard Roy King. That, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, for me, when he's I watch a football team, I don't, give a, I don't give a shit about the name on the back of the shirt. What I want to see when my football team goes out and plays against anybody is 11 players that wants to fight for that fucking shirt because I know I'd give my right arm to be in their position, as would we all. And that's all I want to see. I don't care whether we're in fighting for the title or whether we're in the championship. I don't give a shit. All I want to see is players that wear that shirt with pride and want to fight for that shirt. Yeah, and Kieran, yeah, yeah. for me, he screams loyalty. I, and I know, listen, I know he was at Celtic and I know that was the club that he supported as a kid. So, of course, he's going to be loyal. But that must have been a huge decision for him to leave that football club. Um, so, for me, he screams a lot. If, if we can give it to him, he potentially could have that armband for the next four, five, six seasons, which is ten what years. he needs to be. Why not? Yeah, you, you cannot you, have you know, what, you know what I love about that, though, Does You know what I love about that, right? Like you said... He he left the club that he absolutely loved, yeah. right? And you can tell he, he loved absolutely, it. Absolutely, he bleeds Celtic, but he was willing to accept that he needed to leave yeah. in order to progress and further himself. And so he has the love and the passion, but he's also got the ambition, you know. Yeah. Because just... like how many players are, are one club players? And they never fulfill their potential because they they love the club yeah, so much. And they they we, and, and we, we touched on it earlier yeah. about the, the whole snobbery about around not respecting certain competitions. And I think as Arsenal fans and looking at kind of all of us, we're there's probably not a huge range in it, age range, sorry. So you think, we, I mean, we've been massively spoiled over the last 20, 25 years, you know, hugely. So I think 
and you you get used to that of course you do as a, as a football fan you get you and that's what you come to expect so for me and and that was another reason I went into the season with no expectations just because we're the Arsenal we don't there's no divine right to beat anybody. There's no divine right to be in the Champions League. You have to fucking earn it, man. You have to win games. And that, for me, it comes down to when I look at those players out on there, how many of those players leave everything on that pitch? And that's the problem for me, is that there's, no, there's probably a handful and at best, and that's probably me being generous. So, But I don't see a turn around as captain. No. Uh, going up to these players saying, right, look, look, every time every time Arsenal go a goal down, look at the reaction of every single player. Yeah. And the only two players that don't that that react in a way of come on, boys, get your heads together or keep going, is Shaka and Tierney. Everyone yeah. else, the ball goes in the back of the net. Uh, they don't even, yeah. they don't even stand there and blame each other. They don't even do yeah. that. Well, Gav, to touch on that as well is, you look at how why is Tierney like this? Look who his captain was, Scott Brown. Scott Brown, yeah. leader. Yeah. He's a, he's similar to a Raikin type. He's a leader. Whether He'll you like Scott Brown or not, he is. He sets animal, the example. Yeah, he sets the example, and he that's what everyone expects. Your captain should be your leader on the field. Essentially, he's your manager on the field. He kind of yeah. resonates what the manager wants in the field. You look at Sam Declan Rice at West Ham. He's watched Mark Noble. He's learned from Mark Noble. Now he's the leader on the field. He's going out doing doing what Mark Noble used to do. And he's a good player. He's a player that you'd want in your team. Jordan Henderson at Liverpool. Jordan Henderson was in there. He was in the dressing with Gerrard. He picked up the good traits that Gerrard had. And now yeah. he's leading it. He's leading his team. To where they but this is the be. thing, like Jordan, like Jordan Henderson, Declan Rice. You know, they were they were schooled by people that meant everything to the club. Yeah, they were the mm. they were everything to the club. They were the club. You know, so it's almost like it's, it's almost like we're handing down to the to the next generation. But does it, it, is, does, right? it does it matter? Honestly, yeah, what, does, what, does, what, does, what does what does what does like it, like um. Emery tried to bring in this leadership thing, which was oh, awful, by the way. That, Got five captains, which is absolute bollocks. But if you notice that those captains are all still pretty much knocking around and keep getting the the armband yeah. when one person it's it it doesn't look great. It's a bit of a shit show. Let's be yeah. real. But no, like you, players should be playing for each other and for the club anyway. Yeah. So if a player tells round to me and says, you know, let's move forward. If I'm playing left fullback and like um, my centre half is telling me fucking push up, and he ain't the captain, I'm going to listen to him because we I should be pushing up because he's yeah. leading he's leading the line. I should be doing that. I doesn't need a captain to tell me that. So in terms of a captain, what does a captain bring nowadays in football? Doesn't bring anything. He the, should that be generation is gone. Should That's be what the captain I'm the captain. I'm wearing short sleeves. Everyone else is wearing short sleeves. That's how we used to be at the Arsenal and that as well. So I'm wearing long sleeves today. We're all wearing long sleeves today. Then. Okay, yeah, cool. But that's, that's where the captaincy has been lost. It's losing its impact in football as a whole. It really, it genuinely, genuinely is, and if you, and that is football across the whole freaking board. If you go to Germany, look at look at the Bundesliga. If you go to Ligue 1, if you go to Syria, the the need the need of a captain isn't it 
it's not that important. Other than no, but you look at which way you You look around the top of the leagues in in Europe. PSG's captain is Marquinhos, schooled from Thiago Silva. Came through. He he's been at PSG from a young age. Who were the, 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 the other leaders? Who were the other leaders? There's, there, there are a number he of leaders. He sets the bar, and they, 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 he sets the bar and the standard. You got, Vera- you, got Vera- you got Verratti. You got Verratti there. You've got uh, Kimpembe there. You've got um, even yeah. even Mar- um, Neymar. Neymar will have a level of leadership um, in the club because they will all have a contribution because they all want to win. They all want to be there. So it doesn't it, like. But that, that that should be human trait when you're playing sport. These teams have, you know who's their captain. You look and you'll go, Marquinhos is their captain. Neuer at Bayern Munich, he's their captain. You can tell he's their captain. Sergio Ramos, you know he's captain at Real Madrid. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, at Leto Madrid. These are the teams that are competing at the top level. They go far in the competitions well, because yeah, they have a leader. Um, as Aslan Khan's just put put in there, um, a captain is important. A captain is an extension of the manager on the pitch. That's exactly what it freaking should be. That's exactly what it has been over the last 15, 20 years. But over the last five years, five five years or so, the captain, the captain's um importance, the captain's standpoint has meant jack all on the game nowadays. So this is what this is what this is what I'm, this is what I'm trying to get at. I think everyone's like getting Twisted what I'm what I'm trying to explain. Um, you that mean that the captain doesn't the, mean the, anything, the, cap, the, cap, the cap, captaincy doesn't mean anything anymore. It literally doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't have the level of importance as it did 15, 20, 30, for 40, Arsenal. 50 years ago. For, for anyone, Arsenal. for for okay, for no, a, a vast majority. I have to majority disagree with clubs. that. For a vast majority of clubs, vast majority yeah. of clubs, it really is. And like the the only captains that you're talking about, the ones that you're saying about, are ones that are in their mid mid to late thirties. Then, if you can argue, then it could be an extension of the manager. But then you have the next in line, you see, to come in, like at West Ham, where Rice came in for Noble. Like, if I'm, I'm, I'm a manager. Like, if I'm a manager and I'm manager of my local team, I'm looking around. I came in the start of the season. I'm my first time kind of being with the team. I'm looking at who can I see that is going to and it put the values that I want in the team. Who's going to set the bar? Who's never going to let anyone drop? And I pick that person as captain. And then he leads the team yeah. on the field. He it does means, my job yeah, for me. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but you're yeah, but that's for the love of the game. That's the love and the passion of the game. They're paying to play football. They're paying their fiver a week in subs, ten quid a week on subs. Do you know what I mean? Like it's different, but you still see even at a local level. Well, is is our best player, so we'll give him the armband. My mate, my mate has been been captain um, of a number of clubs recently. Um, he used to play for Villa when he was when he was a youngster and came down for the ranks. He plays semi pro football. He's one of my best friends. He's been captain for fucking ages. Do you know why he's captain? Because I don't want him to leave. We'll give you the captain's armband and we'll we'll pay an extra ten away. Like yeah, but that's oh, what happens. Oh, yeah, no, this oh, is what yeah. happens. This is what happens across. So much football. Honestly, I feel like people are blinded when they don't see that happening. It's happening fucking everywhere. We're going to keep you here by giving you the captain's armband. And at yeah. semi-pro level and things like and all uh, all the way down, it's like you know what? Oh well, even even at like amateur level, it's like well, I'll tell you what, don't pay your subs, and I'll give I'll give I'll give I'll give the captain's armband. You ain't got to pay subs anymore, or we'll pay you an extra five or a week more than anyone else. Um, is captain's armband? It's bullshit. It, it it has lost its value so much. 
so so much. And you've named you've named you've named um Marquinhos, you've named um Sergio Ramos, and you've named um um Neuer. These guys, uh, well, Marquinhos, I think is, is he thirty now, but Neuer is thirty five. Um, Sergio Ramos is thirty four. They're at the end of their career now. These are referee. These are players that have been knocking around in the game for the last fifteen years mm-hmm. and have, have been part of the era where it meant something, and it's led through to the era that we're in now. So we were having we those were just having those the board. As captains. We were discussing oh, no. the board, and the reason <laughs> I brought the captain. In, in, in fairness, the in reason fairness, I brought right? the captain was. In, in fairness, the, it was one of my questions. It, it was a pre-prepared yeah. question, and and that's like you know what I've the list of questions. I sort of said, "Am I just abandoning these because it's just flowing?" But to be fair, yeah. he has kind of touched on everything. As I said, it was kind of a generic, basic question, yeah. so they were going to come up. Um, yeah, then you go ahead, make a point, and then I've got one more because we're already two hours twelve minutes in. And I'll be this brief. Last I'll one, be brief. It could be it could be another hour alone on this final question. <laughs> so we'll try we'll try our best not to. But yeah, yeah, then you go for it, and then we move on to the next one. <laughs> right. So basically, we were discussing the board, and I saw a whole bunch of comments coming through about conquer this, do that. Everyone was going on at the board, and I'm sitting there thinking. The main real one of the real things that affects the team. I know you're saying that the captaincy has lost its title. Um, there's not so much meaning to it anymore. But these players in Arsenal are in a critical condition. I know that sounds really like stupid and soft, but it's true. Some of these players, like Saka, Smith Rowe, they need guidance. And when you've got a captain that's presumably bought his way in, I, I'm not even being disrespectful to Aubameyang. To say that he's earned it, I think is over pushing it for me. Henri was our best player ever. He was only captain for his last two seasons because Vieira was there. He only got captaincy for his last two seasons. So to say that someone's earned it just because they've won the golden boot and been our top scorer, for me, I don't want to be that club. Um well, I don't, I'd and, like, you, and players and players like of, of Henri when he you know when when things weren't going no, right and I, I don't want to get I don't want to get into the past because it's you know, it's it's over. That's something that we need. We player for Arsenal in my in my life. Do you know what I mean, um, Ian Wright being yeah. number one naturally is the whole reason why I'm an Arsenal fan. That's what that's, that's he made me an Arsenal fan. But like Omri being the captain was the wrong choice. Okay, we won't get into that. But my point was, at the moment in time, we need a proper captain, whether it means something or not. Arsenal players obviously feel like it does. Yeah. I mean. Most of the fans do. Look, you, I mean, not just us. You see people saying it. We need a proper... You can't just expect Arteta to shout at these players all, all the game. They need someone on that actual field doing it. We've said Jacko and Luis have that part of them, but there's only so much you can listen to someone that's in the same title as them. There's no one actually out there leading the team. And someone else touched And the more that. you keep dishing it's, it out to this person, that person, that person, it, it loses value even more. Yeah, it so, just goes like, around the... like, dealing with this, and then, like... I just think that's something we need. The board, yeah, the board. I couldn't, the care, I couldn't care less. Three points on the... on the t- Three points, that's all I want. I don't care about the board. Three points each no. time. I don't care who's up or above. I want the players on that field. And to have a captain, I think that would probably do something to the team. Because at the moment, it's a shambles. You've got a captain that only is captain because he got a new contract. Let's be honest. That's probably what happened. Um, and majority of the team are new. Then they're still finding their feet. I know it's horrible to say, but they are. Sacco is 
technically still finding his feet. Best player of the season, maybe, but he's he's still young. He's only 19. Apparently, he's picked up an injury in the international break. That's hardly a surprise. He's played more football than most players in the Premier League itself. So yeah. the way I see it, they they do need a captain in there. I think that has a much bigger, much, much bigger impact on board, on Kronkar, on the NFL, any of that. That wasn't yeah. just, that's just the reason why I wanted to bring it up because it just annoys me when I saw so many comments about the board and it's like, yeah, okay, they've made their mistakes, but they've put players in the team. That's what you asked for, like we've already touched up on. At the end yeah. of the day, the players have to do their bit as well. Um I, I, feel like I, I've been... I mean, I, I agree with everybody. I agree with Dave, and I agree with with you, Dan. About I don't care. I don't care what the board do. I don't care mm. who who owns the club. I don't give a shit. I, at the end of the day, I I'm invested in watching eleven players play for the club week in week out to try and win football matches. That's it. Do I want the club to be run better? Of course I do. Do I want us to be a Man City and have a blank checkbook? Probably not. I, I listen. I want to win trophies. Oh, but I, I, I want to. I want to. I want to do. <laughs> It, I mean, that's I, another debate. I want to see the best players play for the club, but at the same time, I think growing up, I mean, I, I'm I'm 38, right? So I, I, by the time I got to an age where football really, really meant something to me, was at the start with Arsene Wenger, and it and it and it and it built what he built is, I, I guess, in an ideal world, is what is something I want to see again. I want to see, and I know it's not going to be, ha- I know it's not going to happen. I know that that part of football is dead. And I get what you're saying, Gav. The, the, the captain's armband, it doesn't mean anything now. And it's not just at Arsenal. And, and the players we've mentioned, yes, they're at the latter stages of their career. But they're the players that I want to see play for the club. But people, and I'm just putting Ramos out there as a, as a name. I would love to have had someone at the club like that for the last 10 years. Running, the, you can, and like, like Dave was saying, you can tell... As soon as you put that team sheet out, you know who the leader of that team is. And it's, I guess what I want to see, and, and I completely agree with you, Gav, that it's lost. You, you can you can rule them off. Omri was giving it to him so that he didn't leave. Fabregas was giving it to him so that he didn't leave. All of these players, Van Persie, there was rumours about him leaving, so they gave him the armband. All these players that have been given it, they've been given it for a reason that is not because they are the leader of the club. They've it's been given it. Reasons. Yeah, it's an ulterior motive to keep someone at the club longer than they want to be there. And that's which why. is why I semi disagree, but I agree with the um, with the comment that uh, that came through as well um, from um, uh, from Icon Class saying Arsenal always sell their captain. It's not necessarily that they sell their captain. Yeah. There was. The, the, but it's the, the captain that wants to leave. It's the player that wants yeah, to yeah. leave. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's a bit of a... We're, 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 we're keeping for one more, yeah. Yeah, we're aware yeah. this guy is, is halfway out the door. Let's just hang on to him a little bit longer. But uh, yeah, lads, look, we'll, we'll move on to the last question because, again, we're feeling this one's probably going to keep us going for a while. Uh, Dave, just make sure you're still awake there. So I'm going to bring you in first of all. <laughs> so, Ireland aren't on yet. Sure, okay. <laughs> so again, this one could keep us here for a while. Priority for the summer, Dave. What are you looking for? Sign-ins, additions to the board. Ideally, what are you looking for from Arsenal for the summer coming into the new season? Uh, Board-wise, and I don't. Again, I don't really mind or I don't care. Um, I suppose mm-hmm. putting it politely, um, all I care about are is you, the results. Are you looking for any uh, any background staff though, as in somebody to help out guys like Edu or Teta? Do you think that that might might make their life easier in terms of? Uh, 
know, well, I think that probably should be in place because when you look at Arteta, he's guys like Steve Round and those the kind of that come in. He has a decent mix, so maybe a decent mix like that upstairs as well might be something that you need. He has Arteta does have young coaches there, but look with the likes of Steve Round and those as well. It, it's always good to have that blend. Even that happens on the field, even off the field, you need that new ideas, fresh ideas, but have the experience as well. I suppose on the field. I'd like to see I what I do you want me to kind of go with what I want to see or kind of from a realistic point of view because I suppose it's probably going to be two different things you know well, look I guess if you give me a feeling on on where you feel we need to I I, I know generally what we want Arsenal to do and what Arsenal are going to give us are two different things but in your opinion what do, what do you feel they should be pinpointing um, so we'll need a right back anyway, straight away. Um, that that's a given, and then you can have Cedric is good enough; to, he can be a backup. So I'm okay with that. Um, priority look is getting kind of more more of those players out the door. Is if you are going to sell Gunduzi, sell him. If you are going to sell Torreira, sell him. No more loans or waiting for January. Try and get them out the door. Um, there is one or two centre backs that need to go as well, so I'd like to see those gone. Look from, not even from that are they're kind of bad eggs or whatever. Look, it's for those fellas they need to move on as well, you know. So you have to do that. Um, so right back, we need someone a comp- uh, someone that's going to actually start in the team, and you know he's going to start in week in week out. I'd like to see another midfielder alongside Party and have Shaq as a squad player. Then in midfield. Get rid of Sabias, don't bring him back. Um, sell El Nenny. Look, he's, he's a good character around the dressing room from what you kind of see. But again, I want get 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 rid of El Nenny. Um, so I suppose a right back, a centre midfielder. If we're going to keep Odegaard, I'd like to keep Odegaard. So maybe if we could do that and then potentially bring in a striker and a left winger. But then again, we do. We, we need cover for left back. So I suppose... That's six signings, you know. When does a club really do that in a transfer window as well? It's it's, it's rare. Like it's, I, I'd love to always. You'd see the comment. It isn't football manager and all that. It always makes me laugh. But it's probably one of those things. So, look, there's probably shrewd moves you can make as well. Look, if we manage to get Odegaard on loan again for another season, that'd be a great move. Um, it doesn't take anything out of the budget and then it allows you, I suppose, to spend money elsewhere. And then he's integrated into the team. So technically he wouldn't really be like a new signing, you know. Um, then you have to make a decision of getting rid of either one of Aubameyang or Lacazette. I don't think you can keep the two of them. Would I get rid of the two of them in one window? I don't think I would um, at this moment. I think, like I said, actually has become more important to the team now than what Aubameyang had, had done. Look, again, as well, is um, we need to get Smith-Rowe onto a contract, get his, get his um, future tied down as well. That'd be another... That's a good sign in as well for something that's internal, you know. Um, I don't like the, talk, the, the kind of this talk of um, Colin Leno out recently as well, saying, oh, he's a good goalkeeper, but we could... We could upgrade. No, I don't. I'm, I'm not, I don't think goalkeeper, goalkeeping is is kind of one of the least of our worries. You know, um, 
Yeah, so look, I suppose there is those positions there, as Aslan said. Um, I'd be similar to Aslan with the right-backs into midfield, attacking midfielder and a striker. It's just, look, you can, there's money there to be made if you sell. I think you have to get rid of David Luiz. I wouldn't give David Luiz another contract. Uh, he's been good this season, but there's a time you kind of have to move on from that as well. And I think the summer might be the time for that. And then you upload in Saliba. I'd like to see Mavropanos be given a chance as well. I love Mavropanos. Well, with Stockart as well. No, look, I, I, I love Bundesliga football. Honestly, you could talk, I'll talk all day about Bundesliga football. So like, he's, again, he's, Mavropanos, he, he's someone that kind of, he, he he's no nonsense. He's kind of, I don't know, maybe I could be getting him wrong from what I've seen of him, but he seems to be similar to, to how Socrates is. He's kind of a warrior. You know, that he's old school. Him yeah. and him and Pablo Mari, old school defenders. One's left footed, one's right footed. What else you need is a partnership. Both young enough, both understand what's going on. Pablo Mari is probably he's criminally, criminally underrated as a centre half. Honestly, I don't understand any. Like, it's because he's slow, it, Gaff. It's the fee. It's this FIFA you don't need culture to be quick. because he's slow. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it, it is. It's a FIFA culture. Stats. Oh yeah, doesn't enough get enough clean shit. Doesn't enough get enough goals and assists. Oh, fuck off, man. Watch football. Understand football and. See what is going on for the love of Jesus. Yeah, it's because Sorry. he doesn't have yeah. 90, 80 or 90 pace in FIFA. And oh, they, yeah. The thing is, nowadays, as well, is go, with, with players when you're signing. I see it. I seen it with Party. I seen it with Fekir, the, the report that came out with that. Oh, he's 20. He's missed, 28. Missed, what, missed what, a trick with what him. What can we do? When we signed Lacazette, the same window we should have bought um, Fekir as well, because the whole reason why Lacazette was so damn good is because Nabil Fekir was playing in behind him. But we yeah. had um, we had Mesut Özil at the time, and to be fair, at that time, it would have been a stupid idea to be talking about this Mesut Özil slander at the time because he was still fantastic. And any time we were playing with any quick players, Mesut Özil looked like an absolute G. But as soon as the players started moving on, as soon as we started playing with a lot more slower players, a bit more relaxed players, Mesut Özil looked crap. Didn't want to invest in any time or energy into the club. But yeah, Lacazette, if you look, if you go back and have a look at that season, I think it's the 15-16 season, or was it 16-17 season? I think 15-16, um, wasn't it? Lacazette, um, through the middle, with Nabir Fakir in behind, at that Leon side, was a joy. Absolute joy to watch. We've missed the trick. But the thing it's, is, it's, with that, Gav, is if we were to go for Fakir now... Lacazette's going to be, he isn't he going to be in the last year of his contract next season? So then we're going to be kind of into a position where is well, why didn't well, we Nabil Fakir plays well? Well, in Abel Fakir, we sign him for argument's sake, you know. Yeah. Well, that's no to Odegaard, and then what's going to happen with Smith Rowe? We need to we need to establish what our starting 11 is going to be currently if we want to make add ons, and if we do want to bring people in. What's going to happen with our current starting eleven? You know, so like if we do bring in, you know, like a winger, you know, are we then saying that Saka is not going to be playing left wing? Are we saying that he's going to be playing right wing? And if that is the case, then what is going to happen to Nicola Pepe? Is Nicola Pepe going to be on the bench? Is he going to be a squad player? Is what's um, what's the um, crack with Aubameyang then? Are we going to be playing wide left or are we going to be playing through the middle? If we are going to be playing through the middle. Then what's the app? Do you, do you see what I mean? It's all good having a squad, and I think we do have a squad. I think our squad. I do think we have a decent enough squad to be challenging for top four, not for the league. Definitely don't think it's for the league. 
honestly do think our squad is good enough to come in, in uh, to, to say come inside the top four. Um, but uh, well, it's, it's after it's after nine o'clock, so we can say what we like. But um, it's it's like I, I want to see if I want to see players that are coming into that are going to be to be better than what our current crop is, not like for like. We don't need any more players that are going to come in and compete with everyone else. We want players to come in and be like, right, we are better. You are better than who we've got. Now, can we make this player better than you? Like, for instance, for me, Alex Tellez is a way better left back than Luke Shaw. But Alex Tellez can't get a sniff at the moment because Luke Shaw stepped his game up. Uh, right back for Man United, they haven't got anyone else other than Wan-Bissaka. So Wan-Bissaka keep putting in these abject performances because he's got no competition. Do you see what I mean? So, like, Luke Shaw is now arguably the best left-back in the league. I want to say it's Kieran Tierney because Kieran Tierney is, I think he's absolute G. Do you know what I mean? And, like, when I was coming towards the end of my playing career, I played left-back. So I modelled my game on certain people. But Luke Shaw has been wonderful this year. He really has been. But Alex Tellez on the world scene is what is 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 way a higher stature than Luke Shaw. So we need like um like I I, I agree with you, Dave, by the way, like with, with this uh, a lot of the players that we need to bring in. You know, I think I think um El Nenny, I think he needs to stay, but he will be a squad player. I'm not expecting that guy to be starting week in, week yeah, out. Man. But you do you also need like I don't know what industry any of you guys work in, but I work in recruitment during in my day job. And when I'm recruiting for people, you know, like for companies, sometimes they need people that are going to come in and smash everything out of the park and do whatever they do. But that sometimes they also need the plodders. The plotters that are just going to be going along don't want to don't want any progression don't want to move up don't want to move down they just need you, you you every company every business needs those type of people just to be plodding along and getting on with their day job and that is exactly what el nani is you need players like him every, every name me a club in world football that doesn't have a player like el nani not necessarily midfield but anywhere on the pitch you need those players um but Sabios, you're right. He needs to piss off. I've I've tried to champion that guy for so damn long, and it's not working. It's not working. And no matter what position you play him in the midfield role, whether we're playing a four-two-three-one, a four-three-three, um, whether we're playing a four-one-two-three, you know, play him in any of those roles, it it's just not working for him. Bless him, and it's a shame. Um, we need another left back. We can't be putting right-footed players in left-back positions. That has got to go. Cedric had one good game there, and that was in the F, uh, that was in the um, the league game after the FA Cup against um, Southampton. Looked wonderful. Other than that, when he's played there, looked dog shit. I'll tell you who's one of the best left backs I've seen at Arsenal? Granite fucking Shaka. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you were at the game. Did you? Did you? Were you? Was anyone at the game when um, we played against Leicester at home and like Mesut Ozil yeah. looked like a Ballon d'Or winner? Honestly, I was at that game. Right, and my, I took my brother because he was close by to my brother's birthday, so I, I, I got him a ticket for his birthday. And I'll tell you what, um, um, thingy went off injured, and um, Shaka had to fill in there. I'll tell you what, man. Honestly, he looked like prime Ashley Cole. He was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It was it was ridiculous. But um, yeah, um, we. I think I want to see more Martinelli. 
um, whether we play him through the middle or wide. It doesn't matter where he plays. The guy's golden. Um, and to be honest, I do want to see another goalkeeper. I, I, I really do. I don't like goalkeepers that can't command their box. I don't care how many how many times you um you are you know you could be you you could you could ship five a game, but I want my goalkeeper to be at least six foot four, and I want them to come out and own a ball. And this is why I've never. Some people might argue, but I have never ever ever put David de Gea in the world class category because. Since he has been at Man United, I have not seen that guy command his box. What a wonderful shot stopper. There is not hardly any goalkeeper in the world is better at shot stopping than him. But in terms of commanding, you cannot be world class if you can't shot stop. So another goalkeeper. Uh, let's just, just before we move on, Dave, I, I think Dave has to shoot off. You, you got work in the morning, yeah? So, uh, yeah, just a, bit, a big thanks. Dave, just give yourself a quick shout out there. Let people know where they can uh, check out your channel. Uh, so it's just there, the same on the end. Uh, Out and Out Gunner, uh, Out and Out Gunner Podcast on YouTube and Out and Out Gunner Podcast on Twitter. So um, we're hopefully doing a show tomorrow night in Arsenal an Arsenal show again. Um, hopefully, we we've a win from the from the boys in green to to celebrate as well. There might be a few Guinnesses out on on end side, but uh, no. Look, if if you're about just to to check it out anyway, it surely be a good one, and it'll definitely spark debate again anyway as always. So, but I just better run that. So I'll catch you again anyway. And it was a great show. Yeah. I, I enjoyed myself. So. Thank Don't worry again. about it, Dave. We'll still be here chatting, but uh, just before yeah. I will finish it for your show. Once you leave Anthony after the show tomorrow night, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a few more hours, a couple more hours to kill. <laughs> oh, cheers, Dave. If I'm still awake, I'll see you later. Yeah, lads, what we do is uh, maybe look five more minutes, we wrap it up because, uh, as I said, I, this is. This has definitely exceeded my expectations. I thought I'd be I'd be struggling to hit about the hour with my little crappy list of questions, but uh, you know this is this worked out better. So then uh, you've been looking forward to to this one about what Arsenal need to prioritise in the summer. So well, I let you the, away. <laughs> the the way I see it, the future is most important at the moment. Um, like we've spent a lot of this talking about past, which we kind of need to respectfully move on as quick as forward. Um, the problem we're going to have this summer is if we're going to rock the boat, we need to make sure we can swim, um, to put it sort of bluntly, because the climate is different. So can you, I, can I nick that saying? <laughs> it's not my saying. <laughs> it's well, definitely not the first time I've ever heard it, so I'm having that. Yeah. Cheers. Um, basically, I'm watching an old, I don't know if you remember, Dream Team from Sky One years ago. I've been... To get that back on telly. But no one's it's fucking on, it. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, but the quality is crap. It needs to you know, be. You know what? Ar- Arsenal is basically like a real life dream team. There's so much fucking yeah. drama at this club. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um. Anyway, I was re-watching that and I heard it. And I always use it now because Eli Knox says it and it's the best best quote. But yeah, we, we need to make sure yeah. that we can swim when we're rocking it because at the moment, the climate's different. Players are not worth what they should be. Um, I know Farhan touched on how you could probably get 200 mil for what we're going to sell the players. We're probably going to realistically get half that, not even. Um, Lacazette, we're going to probably sell for less than what we will better in. And realistically, that shouldn't be the case because Lacazette's actually performing more and playing more. Bellerin's had a 
huge injury. He's not the player he was. Mm. Um, we should have sold him two seasons ago, personally mm. for me, I think, because we would have made 40 mil for him at his peak. Now we're going to be lucky to make 20 mil. Um, we're going to sell Maitland Niles. Yeah, you know what the funny thing is then? I, yeah, this this is uh, how fickle the fans are. If you if we told them two seasons ago 40 million, there would have been uproar. Hmm? Yeah. It would have been absolute uproar. I was up I remember for it. When, he was, when he was linked with Barcelona, the majority were like, you know, he's the best, uh, potentially best right back in the world. 40 million is worth 80 million. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's no pleasing us. But yeah, we, we're going to probably get rid of him. We're going to probably get rid of um, Maitland-Niles. So that's two right backs gone. We're going to have to buy one. I don't know what right back we're going to get for the money that we're going to get from them two. Because if Bellerin goes to 20, Maitland-Niles has just been on loan at West Brom playing in midfield. It's going to be quite hard to play sell a right back that's not even been playing in his position all season. Um, so for me, right back is going to be a big worry because we're not going to have a real first team right back there. And the likelihood is, Gav just touched on Man United. They've only got one right back. This shows how hard it is to get right backs. Everyone's on about Lamptey. Everyone's on about him. But personally, for me, do you really think that is a choice that's going to be guaranteed to deliver as a right back first team more than Cedric? Because Cedric hasn't at the moment not delivered for us. He was put on the other. I think Lamptey could be, but. He's already he could showing be. He injuries. Could be. He could be, but yeah, in, yeah. This is the his injuries already are. are it's are not concerned. looking good. And then uh, you look at the midfield. A little bit. It's an injured player. Soft muscle yeah. injury. And then you like look soft at tissue injuries. We love it. You look at the yeah. midfield. We've got work to do. Um, I know we touched up on El Nenny. He scored tonight. Like he's good at scoring. I'm never going to say he's not, but. Other than that, can we really say he provides a lot for Arsenal? No. Someone said in the comments about getting 10 mil for him. Oh, I can't see us getting 10, 10 mil for El Nini in this climate. If we do, then I'll shake their hand and give them the money. Yeah, we, we, apparently, <laughs> we were offered seven. I think Besiktas offered seven at the beginning of the season, or at, right after and, his loan, and we kept them. And that was when now. people had... Well, apparently, the season before, Leicester wanted him for the same money. But um, yeah. he didn't want to leave the capital. He wants to stay in London. Mm. I'm like, not being funny, um, but like you get a direct train from King's Cross to Leicester in like five hours and six I minutes. Have to, <laughs> I have to give a shout out to Aslan because he made a comment earlier, which was one of the best comments. It was probably the only real decent comment I've seen all night, like proper actual to do with the team about how Lacazette works more with the midfield than what Aubameyang does. This is probably oh, the one reason why I would choose Lacazette over Aubameyang because he does more. Aubameyang scores, but if you don't see him scoring, I guarantee you no one's talking about him. He doesn't really yeah. do much. He doesn't provide much elsewhere other than the finish, which a lot of people can do. Um, the problem with Aubameyang and Lacazette was inevitable. Everyone knew that we were going to have the problem of having two well, world-class strikers on their day, you could say. Um, mm -hmm. We probably shouldn't have kept them for as long as we can because Lacazette's been wasted this season. And we spoke about Pepe being dropped at his worst time. The same happened to Lacazette. Before Aubameyang's striker, he scored. He was our top scorer before Aubameyang's hat-trick against Leeds. He was showing up when we needed him to, and then we dropped him. We, he weren't starting at all. Only because Because Odegaard they need to cater for Aubameyang. Yeah. And Most, because, like more, nine times, isn't it? Because Odegaard came in, they decided to drop. Basically, Lacazette would fell short because Odegaard came in because they decided to put Bam Aubameyang back in the middle. 
Um, I don't think we'll even get 20 mil for Lacazette, if I'm personally honest. Unless we start putting him in the shop window, he's gone. He's going to go for at least 17 million if we're lucky because we're not even playing him at the moment. You can't sell a player for good money if he's not playing. Mm. And everyone's broke. We just touched that. Add in the new climate, yeah. Yeah, in the new climate, you'll you'll be lucky. On the plus side, though, um, FFP is no longer a thing. So let's spend us some money. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be... I think everybody's getting a little bit... I mean, if you're honestly expecting seven, eight, nine players to go out in the summer and seven, eight, nine players coming in, it ain't going to happen. It's a new rebuild again. You're going to have to give him another two years. Exactly. I mean, if if three or four players go out, two or three come in, I reckon that's probably about as much that could even happen. And that's even dependent on on what we bring in. For me, El Nenny, it doesn't make any sense to sell him. One, you're not going to get anything for him. Five, ten million, if you're absolutely lucky. He doesn't command high wages. And for me, actually, I, I agree with what Gav said. I think you, you need players like that that actually are happy to be part of a squad rotation system. They're not going to dig their heels in to start every game. He can do a job. Is he the best midfielder in the world? Absolutely not. But every, every club's got players like those. And I think, for me, I, I, would, I would rather keep him. I think there's centre-backs we need to get rid of still. I would like to see Mavropanos get a game. Um, get get an opportunity in the Premier League because I think he's done. I don't follow Bundesliga as much as Gav does, but I do watch and I do follow how the players are getting on. And by all accounts, he's doing really well out there. Um, so for me, when you look at the centre backs, I'd like to see the four centre backs. I'd like to see at the club next year: is Saliba, Gabriel, Mavropanos, and did I say Saliba? I did, didn't I? And and probably, I mean. I've been quite impressed with Rob Holden this year. I must admit, I think he's actually done pretty well. And, and and he's coming back from a big injury as well. So to, so to perform as well as he has, I mean, you look at, you look at the difference in performances between Bellerin and Holden, bearing in mind their injuries were not that far apart, really. They pretty much rehabilitated at the same time. So the, the, the difference in performance levels is quite scary because I think Rob Holden's come in and it, it looks like he's got past that injury. Whereas Bellerin still looks like he's trying to deal with it. So um, I love Bellerin as a person, but as a player, he's just not the player that he was, unfortunately. So this is the thing. This, this is the thing. A lot of people like him because of his personality. Yeah. It, Outside it, it, of football, he's amazing. But we got to remember, we're here to watch football. Absolutely. Yeah. People play we're here to win games. games. We're here yeah, to win absolutely. games. And, and, I, and I agree with that. And if, and if an offer comes in, I would take it. I think for me, when I look at the problems this season, is we, we have to cut out these individual errors. So whether that is more time on the training pitch, whether Gav made a good point earlier about you try and I mean look at look at what happened with Petr Cech when we asked him to start playing football with the ball at his feet. I mean, fucking hell. I mean, have, have we ever seen anything as bad as that? You know, when you're trying to ask a player that to do something that they've not been brought up to do, it is difficult. Can they do it in time? Some players can, some players can't. Some players can adapt. So you can look at some of the players and actually that you, you might be able to to really kind of drill in what Arteta is trying to get from them. Some of them it'll happen, some of them it won't. So you move those players on. But 
I, I just think we, we need a bit more quality. But for me, the one thing that's really stood out this year is is the lack of goals. Um, and that's what concerns me because when you look at the past Arsenals, when you look at, I mean, obviously Omri was getting 25 goals a season. But then outside of that, you were looking at Perez, who was getting 15-20. Lundberg was getting 15-20. You know, all of these players were chipping in. And before you know it, you're at 60, 70 goals with only three players. We, we don't... It really concerns me the lack of the lack of goals that we've got in that team. Um, the problem is people are calling for Martinelli yeah. to go forward as well. You can't. That, we've yeah. only seen him left wing. You can't be like, yeah. oh, we'll get rid of Lacazette. We'll play Martinelli up top. We've seen it yeah. how many times? Twice against Brentford or someone like that. Yeah. You can't take someone, these risks. Someone mentioned Balogun earlier on today as well. Not interested. Like, the kid's a bad well, egg. He's a bad egg. Yeah, no, I'm not going to a bad egg. It's for me. It's gone on long enough that you just think, right? If if the agent is is trying to be a bit of a dick and getting the best deal for his his client, I understand that. That's his job to get the best contract he can for his player. But if Balogun loves the club as much as he claims to, he would be pushing for his agent to make a deal. I don't care if I want to play for that club. You make that happen. So for me. I'm not. I'm not massively interested. Listen, the kid's got talent. You can tell that, and and but I just, I just don't. I get the impression, and I, of course, I might be wrong. I just get the impression he's got. A, he hasn't quite got the head to go with it. Um, mm -hmm. Should it be above Inketia? Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's ahead of, or should I be ahead that, of. Yeah. 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 I was at Little Eddie's uh, debut. So like, so, I, sorry, I feel... sorry, lads. I, I was just, I was further stirring the shit a little bit there. That's actually a training picture from today. Balogun in the first team training today, just to, just to further stir the pot. A uh, that's only because I've been <laughs> <to say. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> absolute legend at the segways today, and oh, I swear <laughs> to God, like uh, we, you, you are so prepped. <laughs> just unfigured. My my priority is getting some more goals in that team. That's my priority because we're not going to get rid of eight players and we're not going to bring eight players in. So, and I, I agree with what Dem was saying, actually. I, I would much prefer, if an offer comes in for a bummer, Yang, take it. Um, mm -hmm. I would much prefer to see Lacazette stay in the team, stay in the, at the club. I think he offers more. Um, but I just think we just need some more goals in that team. Is Pepe going to come better? As Gav was saying earlier, a lot of his goals, I think, were maybe led everybody into a full sense of security. He did score a lot of penalties and he was playing through the middle. So, of course, he's going to score more goals. But I still think from a, from a, any of your front three players, you need to be looking at 15 goals a season for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's... Saka will get to that level. I've got no doubts about that playing left wing. I, I think he's Once got he his composure out. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. is going to be so damn prolific. We need to keep that bar. Yeah, absolutely. So God, if Pepe it. comes good, I think you'll get some more goals from him. But centre forward is a, is a, is a huge concern for me. Um, Aubameyang, I love the guy and I've got nothing but, but good things to say about what he's done for the club over the last few years. And, and it, but it's just got to a point where the way we want to play football is not going to accommodate a player like Aubameyang, unfortunately. Oh, so, so yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> but I, listen, I don't, I'm not I'm not against Balogun staying, but I just think if he he, he comes across as he loves the club so much, he, he like make it happen then. Well, his contract runs out at the end of this season. 
But yeah. where's the contract talks? I think the contract talks are happening, but his agent is being like, well, you're going to get more than that if you go elsewhere. So he's getting into the player's head. It's like, well, yeah. you know, they're offering you 20 grand here, all right, a week. You know, you could go to Germany and get 40 grand a week. Yeah. I just think if you, know, if you want to so, play, if you want to play, that's what's happening with the kids nowadays. Like these yeah, kids no, don't agree. Make anything. Yeah, Listen, if, different, different story for a different time. Too like yeah. going into too much depth. But like, if you watch like any any player, I don't know how old any of you man are. Right, I'm I'm 33. I'm 34 in the summer. But like players that were youngsters that were coming through at like 17, 18, 19 when we were kids. You know, they were when I was a kid. Anyway, like they'll be cleaning boots. They'll be doing all these, like, you know, like helping out around the ground, you know, having to like like muck out the showers and stuff, getting paid like 50 quid a week. You don't get that now. You sign no. that professional contract when you're 17 years old, bam, there you are, 100 grand. Mm, or yeah. bam, there you are, 50, 60 grand a week, a week. I think basically um, what we're well, saying, well, in, 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 in a nutshell, after three hours, modern football shit, and we all want to go back to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. After three hours of debate, I think we've all decided yeah. we missed the international football. <laughs> no, not yeah. a chance. No, lads, uh, do you know what? As I said a few times, absolutely brilliant tonight. Uh, brilliant debate. And look, that, that's what makes it fun, isn't it? That's what makes it fun where we don't we don't all have uh, the exact same opinions. We we, we have different opinions and, and beliefs and whatever else. But look, we can we can uh, discuss it in a in a productive productive manner so no, it was it was really really enjoyable and as i said i was expecting um yeah it, i'd be doing well to get an hour out of this so we're we're almost three hours in so it's six hours awesome, what do you expect yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. the listeners have been spoiled here tonight but uh, yeah look i want to give a big shout out to everybody that uh, took the time to to come on and watch tonight and everybody that that will uh, re-watch over the next couple of days because uh, remember this does go up on spotify anchor google podcast basically everywhere you get your podcasts um and will be up on uh, on youtube but uh, yeah look, big shout out everybody remember to smash the like button remember to hit the subscribe button and you can see the ticker going down below follow the panelists give them a shout out just before we wrap it up lads i will get yourselves to uh you know give it give a shout out uh dozzy we'll start with you where can the people find out more about dozzy yeah listen man it's been brilliant tonight normally i must admit i wouldn't sit on a podcast for three hours i must admit i would <laughs> normally i would uh, get itchy feet before then but it's been brilliant huge difference of opinions which is and we're all right i think that's that's what what we're here for we're all we're all right to a certain degree and um and i agree with what gav said at the start of the show you know all we want is the best for our football club we're all emotionally vested in it. We all want to see our club back at the top competing. But I guess it's, with, with the issues that we've got at the club, there's just uh, a million and one routes we can take to, to get there. So let's just hope it improves sooner rather than later. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, just on Twitter so you can see my handle there, Dorsey2801. So yeah, drop over, say hello, come drop me a follow. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to the next show already, part two. Yeah, brilliant stuff. And, and as you said there, Dazi, um normally, yeah, we, we wouldn't be sitting here for the best part of the three hours. Uh, we'd be kind of itching to wrap up after about an hour or so. But it, I'll be honest, that I know for me personally, I, I was just, I was sitting here as, as in, I, I was forgetting that I was supposed to be involved in this because I was just getting, I was so engaged just listening. I felt like I was just, you know, sitting in the car listening to a debate. I actually, 
really really enjoyed it tonight i really did but uh yeah then then and gav you're absolutely amazing tonight the two debutantes so look i will have to definitely get you back but then uh give yourself a shout out there let the people know where they can find you yeah um i'm slightly different because obviously i support arsenal it, to be to be fair i'm the same as dorsey there's no way i'd sit here for three hours um <laughs> even on my own podcast i'd make sure that someone bloody wrapped it up <laughs> it, it has been it's, it's been class um i'm making sure i have you can all come on my show but gav you're definitely being on there i'm going to put you in there <laughs> with a liverpool fan next week i'm going to twist a can of worms and i'm just going to leave oh you to God. it <laughs> it's going to be amazing no but um sideline talk podcast it's me another gooner um and a watford fan so it's quite interesting all teams all football, anything's discussed. So it's not like just Arsenal, it's everything. Um, but I think the main reason why I'd done that was because of stuff like this, you know. I wanted a lot of debates in there. When a team loses, I want to get two people on and mm. the show goes down sort of thing. But this has been incredible to have, like, to be able to discuss Arsenal. Sometimes I have to catch up because at the moment I'm focusing on everything. It's like, oh, what the hell's going on recently? What's going on these days? Or what are we doing? Um, but yeah, it's 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 been good. It's been a pleasure, and looking forward to round two. I'll make sure I bring my um, my work clothes, my cup of tea, and uh, <laughs> everything I need for the next following day. But yeah, I'll be back. Sideline Talk podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, everything you pretty much can think of. Search us. We'll be there. And the Twitter is my username which you can see on the live feed cheers guys Den, i've got a quick question um you said that you've got a watford fan on your channel yeah no offense to him but is he a bit weird no i mean watford's one of the nearest teams no it's, but like anyone makes more that I know who's a watford fan he's just a little bit weird they've been in <laughs> oh i thought you just meant in general no, but yeah, yeah, so only, like, in general, in general, like, they might be sound need, as hell. They might be sound as fuck. I, I think cool. I need my fans that know I'm an Arsenal fan think I'm a little bit weird as well. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Gav, do you know what my answer is to that? Go watch the channel, subscribe, and you'll find out. Yes. I will, I will, I will, I will like, share, subscribe. I definitely will. And I hope that you guys are able to like, share, and subscribe to my stuff. So um, two and a half um, years ago, nearly three years ago, I set up two up top football, um, which was me and my friend Stephen Cotton, who's a Man United fan. He's very tall. I'm not very tall. So we called it two up top because old school, 4-4-2, big man, little man, two up top. There you go. Bosh. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's predominantly Premier League review shows that we do. We do the odd watch along and things like that as well. Um, and it's not uh, so like two up top over the years has evolved and, you know, got small, got big, got small, got big or whatever. And at the moment, it's just doing its, doing its thing. Um, so at the moment, it's got me, the Gooner, um, Cotton is the United fan and Ed, the Liverpool fan. And then uh, my pal Buck, he's writing a book. and He's written a book actually on running. So if you're interested in running, um, his book is out there at the moment. I don't remember the name of it on top of my head. Um, but um, if you subscribe to the channel, then you'll be able to find out. Um, and um, he's a Spurs fan. Gav, is he a bit weird? <laughs> Sorry, I feel rough. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, um, so, um, and then MAD Sports Network is something that um, has been created in the last month. It's a very, very new channel, and we are pushing this 
push, 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 push. So this is with um, Devo, who is from the Football Dugout channel, which is absolutely quality, by the way. If you want to see some banter between lads, you need to watch their channel. Um, but then also subscribe to MAD Sports Network because um, myself and Devo, Mac and Devo, it's really basic shit. Um, so um, that's what MAD stands for. Um, MAD Sports Network, we cover... Um, football but then the football that we cover is the bundesliga and the mls and the championship as well the championship show is starting next week and then we also do nfl we've got a partnership with um london olympians britball so um british american football we have a, a direct partnership with them which is cool the mma show so and i know you're going to be looking at that um oh sorry yeah we're, we're on the mirror so i should say i know you should be looking at that um so um they've also got a darts show happening because i'm a massive dartist and um, my boards up there um at the moment i've got a little check in a couple of moments grand tour. um hit a nice um hit a nice little 14 dart leg the other day which i was well happy about i'm an amateur dart player um so i'm really happy with that um rugby we also cover rugby um we'll also be covering in the near future f1 golf and um running with my boy Stephen but so yeah we we're, we're gonna be literally taking over the whole front the whole damn world and if honest if i'm honest if anyone here watching or in the in the in the room at the moment would like to have a show on a particular sport which is not football on the channel slide in my dms at gavmac 23 on twitter and also with two up top and mad sports network if you didn't know already, if you put it into Google, our name comes up first. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so that's uh, everyone in the chat. You've, you've heard it. You, you can see the Twitter handles. You know where to go. You know what to do. Like, share, subscribe to each and every one of us. Uh, yeah, look, it, it's three hours, lads. Three hours. That, that's that's fair going. Um it, it, it's been an experience it's been emotional but you, look you've definitely took my mind off the international break anyway and uh, I'm, I'm raring to go for saturday for this uh for this I, didn't, I didn't even need it england won <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right spare a thought for me I, i've got ireland qatar tomorrow so yeah i'll uh i you know I, I might have to abandon that and if you're available for another three hours to distract me from uh, having to watch that absolute dog show i'm uh <laughs> more than well, happy. <laughs> as I, as I was on the wind up, do you cover do you cover chess? Well, did you watch the Queen's Gambit? I'm not being funny. Like that is arguably one of the best things ever on Netflix. So um um if you want to, then feel free. I could play a bit of chess. So there you go. Um, and massive shout to you as well. You have absolutely bossed it today. You know, you've got uh, you've got yeah, all of us fair. together. You've got us all together. We've all had a good old chinwag about the arsenal. You've got the comments out there, you've you've created a bit of bit of beef bit of tension you've brought us you, you threw us apart from each other and you brought us all back together you know and like i that, bet you've that. even run out of guinness yeah no, 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 i'm still good i'm still good Is he? Oh, we okay. could do another couple of hours lads i've got me fuel oh, actually i actually could <laughs> i need to i need to go before i end up chatting more but no anthony thank you so much for allowing me onto your on, onto your network and um like dorsey then absolute pleasure meeting you guys as well yeah, man. Look, pleasure's been all mine. And uh, look, you, you'll definitely have to come back. It's been absolutely brilliant. But lads, we will leave it there. Again, look, thanks so much, everyone, for watching, for liking, sharing, subscribing. Big shout out to the panel. And come on, you gunners. Come on, you gunners. Come on, the